<laughs> Alright, um, greetings, ladies and gentle monsters of Silent Hill. I am your host, Immortal Brundle. I'm joined here by these fabulous denizens of the city. Let's start from the top. Andre, introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Andre Bivan, and it's gonna be, we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about Silent Hill. Alright, Black Shadow. Yep, howdy everyone, hope everyone's doing pretty well. I have some good news for people that, at least tonight, if I talk about mutants, it'll probably be talking about uh, actual enemies in the series and not be talking about the dregs of social media so everyone can relax and know that I'm not going to annoy everyone, hopefully. I'll try. Should be good. All right. Daybreaker, introduce yourself, sir. How's it going, everybody? Uh, I've been looking forward to this podcast for a while now, so I'm excited to be talking about Silent Hill. All right, all right. Uh, drill a bit. Introduce yourself. Oh, hey everyone. This is something that was coming for a long time. Ah, oh, that's it. Lay. Okay. Uh, wow. Mr. Well, Gummy some... Shark Guy. Introduce yourself. <laughs> and he's dead. Sorry about that. My mic was muted. Oh, uh, I'm Gummy Shark Guy. I have been a meth addict for three years, uh, clean okay. for two. And, um, yeah, just, uh, excited to talk about Silent Hill. I'm huge into horror and, uh, glad to have somewhere to say what I want to say. All right, all right. Now, Lady Grey Wolf, right? Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm a huge survival horror fan. I've been a long time fan of the series, played them all, so looking forward to this. All right. Operative, introduce yourself. Uh, bobblehead nurses are really, really hot, and that's all I gotta say. So you know I there's a question about that, unfortunately. <laughs> I think they got missed. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Respect, respect. All right. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, Whitney, right? Introduce yes. yourself. Hi, I'm Whitney. Uh, I've been a Solomon Hill fan for since the series began in '99. I'm really excited to speak to you all about it. and excited to join on the podcast all right all right i'll actually kick off this party what um made the silent hill special silent hill franchise special to you in comparison to other several horror games in the market uh, anybody can go first mm, i guess i'll go one person uh yeah this very uh, i mean the silent hill was had this very surreal and bizarre atmosphere that had me sucked in because it was very different from a lot of horror games like Resident Evil, so on and so forth. And I played two and three when I was around 15, I want to say. And after playing them, I became, I really ended up becoming a fan of the series and eventually played one and four. Uh, sadly, I played the Western game, made games, and <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, that's my experience. Um, I would say what what really makes Silent Hill special to me is that because uh, I mean as a big fan of horror at some point you've seen it all and so I appreciate that Silent Hill doesn't go for your traditional monsters like werewolves or zombies or vampires the the monsters are all original designs and on top of that since they're meant to reflect elements of each uh, protagonist psyche it just makes it that much more interesting to see 
what the monsters are and how they're used. And that's just something that I personally haven't seen very much in any kind of horror media. Yeah, I think um, when you think of the series when it started in 97? 98? 99. 99? Wow, is that late? I it was earlier. Thank you. You'll clearly know the dates better than me. Um, I think what was quite interesting the series compared to a lot of the competitions around, again, with Resident Evil and, and whatnot, um, is that it introduced something I think was still rather fresh into the gaming medium, if you will, and that was the, the whole concept of psychological horror. There have been plenty of games beforehand, which was much more about, you know, taking on these evil, you know, demonic beasts, be it zombies or like the old Alone in the Darks before that or whatever else. Silent Hill, I think, was quite refreshing in the way it came out, where it wasn't just about fighting enemies that are spawned around you. It was about coping with the environment as much around you, which was almost morphing around you as you kind of progressed. Um, which, of course, is a reflection of the fact that everything around it is a reflection of um, a person's psyche, which I think as well is a very cute little um, kind of idea. Um, I think that's what I think probably distinguishes this game a lot um, from a lot of its competition, um, especially at the time, because it wasn't very it wasn't really done. Uh, games since then have done a lot of this. Yeah, we think of just like Dead Space, maybe, or whatever else. But I think for 99, 2000, it was a very untouched medium. Um, and it was one that obviously caught incredibly well, along with some, you know, some fantastic art design and everything else that went alongside it. That's probably why it, it's caught such attraction to begin with. Yeah, it was definitely very Lovecraftian at a time where that wasn't super popular in the mainstream. I, I don't know if it'd be fair to say maybe the game was perhaps a touch ahead of its time almost, but it managed to live, if it was, it lived long enough to reach the point where it was suddenly in vogue and it was able to ride the crest of the wave, which it did with Silent Hill 2 and going on beyond that. Um, the first game was, was a huge gamble because it could have completely fallen apart. They used a lot, of, obviously famously, or infamously used like the technical limitations, you know, with the fog to draw out the, like, the, the, the distancing issues because, of course, 1999 console was still pretty weak back then so it was it was a mix of um very crafty use of what it had available um and just its design i think was was fantastic and no wonder it caught on actually um, black rock i'm sorry black shadow um you brought up, um actually a point any of you guys know the conception at least how it started out i do but... i remember it vaguely because I think the team had to watch a lot of... I know they had, like, Jacob's Liar as an inspiration for the game. Oh, not um, that, per se. Well, no, I, I, I know about the development, if you guys want me to I, I'm sure you're going to be our sure. expert for the podcast, so... <laughs> sure, you can okay. enlighten us. So, uh, Silent Hill, um, Konami wanted to make their own kind of Resident Evil game because the first Resident Evil was so popular. So they tasked uh, like 15 people in their company. They were kind of like the misfits. They didn't really fit in anywhere else and tasked them with uh, creating the game. And the team didn't have really any support within the company, which is rather upsetting when you when you read about it. They didn't know what they were doing. Konami kind of lost faith and just ignored them. So they decided to do their own thing. So it was supposed to be more like a, a Hollywood horror, like zombie uh, game. And they decided to just do their own thing, make it a psychological horror and, and whatnot. And it, it came together because they were ignored and they went against orders pretty much from konami which is was pretty surprising um famously sato um he 
he did all the CGI work. He did it all on his own. All the all that work is done by one man because he wanted to make sure he got credit for the game. Uh, otherwise, he would have had to take on a fake supervisor because he was like the youngest in the group. And for some reason in Japan, they're like, someone that young can't have the, the credit. They need to have a supervisor over them. And so he said, fine, I'll do it all myself. He did all the CGI. Um, they took a lot of risks. And I think what made the game work was because they kind of didn't know what they were doing. Um, so they didn't have any kind of preconceptions on what a horror game had to be. They were just kind of going with what they liked. So uh, Kiechio to Toyama, he's the director and writer of the first game. He never wrote a horror story before, and he says he's kind of a scaredy cat. So he said that he just took the things that he did like, like occult and UFO stories, and kind of took the more horror elements from that, and they made the story. Um, so yeah, it's a really small team, only, only 15 people, and it wasn't until it released and it was kind of like a surprise hit. Um, it wasn't until E3 in, in uh, 98 Atlanta where everybody was like, holy shit, what is this new game? It looks so different. It looks so cool, beautiful, that Konami is like, oh, maybe we should probably throw some money at them. And then they started advertising the game, and then they demanded a sequel, which is when they got a bigger uh, staff. It went from 15 to 50. So I, I just thought it was interesting that the staff were all misfits, and they were able to cobble this game together, and it, it, it's become so beloved over the years. Well, those cases of a, a small team having a blank slate to work with and probably not really knowing what direction to pull, and they punted for one, and uh, here we yeah. are 20 years later <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> talking about it. I'm kind of glad they did, because I, I think if they did the whole Hollywood zombie thing, then people would just be like, well, this is definitely just another Resident Evil clone, and that's it. It was yeah, funny exactly. is that they, they did, uh, when it was first advertised, like in magazines, they're like, Resident Evil clone. Well, you know, that's what it was compared to until people actually played it and they realized how different it actually was in terms of the score, uh, gameplay, just the whole look and feel of it, the story. Yeah. Yeah, that was the greatest idea they ever pulled because I, I couldn't imagine how it would be now. I, I think it would still be popular if they leaned into that route fully. I just don't think that it will have the same staying power as it, it does now. It wouldn't be a juggernaut. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. I think as well, the argument is to be made that even if, say, it had not worked, even if they had gone to do something that was totally different, it could at least be classed as maybe like a noble failure. If they'd have just gone down the same route as Resident Evil and sort of kind of almost been a copy of the original, then it wouldn't have been looked on at all well and thought, well, it was just a bit of a cash-in. But they, they tried legitimately to do something completely brand new um so at the worst it was no favor as it turned out it caught fire um and exploded into one of the most famous series of the entire genre which is you know fair credit to them and very admirable as well because they didn't have to do that hmm anyone else on this question before we move on well, I, I guess I never really answered the the, the question. Um, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, for, for me, I, I just really loved the setting of a small town with a dark past and how it goes more for the psychological scares. 
it's both creepy yet also beautiful as environments are so fun to explore and full of bizarre touches, whether it's like a, a strange painting, an odd placement of items or furniture, or menacing writing on the walls. The series embodies the type of games I love to play with a huge emphasis on plot and characters and it has a killer soundtrack. It does indeed, it has some bangers in there for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess uh, I'll finish it up finish us out saying uh, that it was just a series that was so different in the whole genre. It gave us a lot of depth that a lot of games don't go into. There was something that you could actually talk about and discuss with somebody. It wasn't just, oh, let's kill some zombies, like <laughs> a lot of other games. So, you know, just having yeah. that depth, something that you could go in and say, like, ah, what are the implications of this? Or, like, this character's, like, themes were like so heavy just so different i think one last thing and i'll, I'll, I'll shut up on um, i think it's also going off of that is the fact that we're doing it in 2020 when you know it's been a long time it feels like for some people since there was a, a silent hill game that was out that was like widely accepted sort of thing i mean i know we'll talk about it later on with silent hills but that was that was cancelled five, five years ago and there's still people who talk about it and wonder mm -hmm. what might have been um, it, it goes to show there is a intrinsic name value at the very least of Silent Hill. You know, people still talk not just about that, but you know what could still happen in the future. You know, um, and we'll get into all the Silent Hill stuff and what happened all there with Kojima and all ever else. But I think for a series to have that power of a name has got you know been it's so been such a long time since the original Seek game came out, and even since the last sort of big release, I suppose you could think of it for that. Um, is incredibly impressive. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. just look what happened when uh, Dead by Daylight announced Silent Hill skins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I bought that game just because of the Silent Hill skins. And, yeah, it shows. You know. It shows. They, they don't license it often, but when they do, the, the audience is there so much so they think, well, they do it more, probably make more money, but I don't think it's just about that. Um, and it's only, I don't think it was to Kojima, obviously, when he was in charge of that, um, obviously, in the year of 2015 and all the rest of that. So um, I think it was as much a passion project of his as well and just a way of expression um so all right so can we move on to number two because i'm sure Whoa. every answer of mine is gonna get stolen well i would have said something for number one but i think it probably was already summed up yeah that's that's kind of how i feel to be honest like it's, it's no offense though <laughs> But, uh, all I was gonna release, well, all I was really gonna say is that I just like that it wasn't that it didn't try to be campy compared to RE. Uh, it's well uh, for that first one, they kind of got some spotty voice acting, just a little bit like. Just, well, it was kind of common for that time since yeah. they since they would always just get people that lived in Japan. But mm. but it's it's not too bad compared to most games, especially RE One, where you were almost a Chris sandwich, a Jill sandwich, just like. Uh. <laughs> I mean, wait, I, 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 I mean, just, I mean have kinda, you seen my daughter? I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, what's what's kind of funny is that Yu Suzuki with Shenmue and the English voice acting is that he just hired people he think that looked like the characters rather than actual talent. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's some logic to it. It might be bad, but at least yeah. he tried. <laughs> he was too. It's some pretty cheesy voice acting, admittedly. Mm. How can you sit here and just eat pizza? <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah. line I always go to, too. 
Yeah, but oh then that. <laughs> well, with that being said, though, I'm Brandon. Readout number two. All right. Yep. What is your personal ranking for every Silent Hill game? Describe how you feel about them from best to worst. Oh. I, I, I should probably go first since I read this one. Yeah. It's going to be quick. Uh, so, best, Silent Hill 2. Uh, I, I think that's a no-brainer for anybody, really, because that was when they really stepped up the production value. It really showed in the team. I think they stepped it up, too, with, like, more members being on board for that project and trying to hit the launch of the PS2 back then. And it's just a really overall great sequel that refined on a lot of things from the first one as well as built up on the formula they had going that was wildly successful. I would say the worst that I've played so far is probably... It's not a bad game. Like, it just has a lot of problems and I think it's downpour uh, because stuff with the frame rate being at 50 like oh it 50. actually plays really well on xbox one now i was really, oh, really? surprised yeah well, so if you ever want to replay yeah oh so it, they fixed that game? i was really surprised no lagging okay because you, i, I have the, about... have that issue with it i have the ps3 version so i'm, I'm just I putting that out there like it was 15 uh -huh. fps it was really really bad so maybe yeah, i can get an xbox <laughs> so wait are we talking about base xbox one or the x Oh, um, I guess the X one. I, I I got an Xbox like recently, and and I tried streaming the game, and I was like flabbergasted at how well it was running because I was so used to the bad lag in the town yeah. and stuff, and it, it was like gone. I was like, holy wow! Wow. I mean, it's nice for Konami to put the Silent Hill games on Xbox. Would have been nice to just have the original Xbox version for two and three, but oh well. Yeah, that is unfortunate, but that's my best well, to worst. I mean, original version for two. There was never an Xbox version for three. My bad. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking they about. Just, just the originals over the HD remaster that came out, and it was not that great. But uh, wow, well, yeah, that was that was awkward. That of course. Anyone can but, sort of go next. But yeah, I guess. Sure. Well, sure. Oh. I kind of well. Who wants uh, to draw? You go ahead. Drill, you were talking first. You go. You can go first, drill. Yeah, for the best. I don't know. It's between two and three. I'd probably say three for personal reasons, mainly because I thought I liked the environments and music more, and I kind of liked Heather more as a protagonist compared to James because at least she kind of has some connection to the first game. Yeah, I liked your reactions. I felt they were. It was a nice change of pace because she actually reacted to the horror she was seeing and, and wasn't like okay with it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she looks all of the guys who are just she... kind of like, what is this? Or James yeah. putting his hands in a toilet. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. right. You can't oh, say no. you have balls. Let's be honest here, though. James has a lot of balls going through that shit and not freak mm. out. Didn't yeah. you heard Heather's reaction where. Yeah, he jumped, yeah, he through, jumped through a lot of holes. <laughs> but yeah. I remember that. But yeah, I feel like Heather just feels more real as a protagonist. Like, in my I, opinion. She's, she's probably more sympathetic. Because yeah. the whole idea is that these are people that have made questionable life choices. I think that's a, I think that's a way to put it. And, you know, the whole idea is it's a way of them kind of like repaying for sins or whatever else and the whole order stuff. Of course... There was nothing that Heather could have done about any of this because she didn't make any poor life choices. 
that's what she was made you know that uh, there's gonna be spoilers here of course but the whole you know she's part basically demon effectively because of the unholy shit that went on in the first game um so i think it makes it more sympathetic because it's not a case of that she's done poor things like tried to kill his wife or, or whatever else um she's just been dragged into it of about her own volition um so it's a lot easier to connect i think in that respect and of course not to tie back to the resident evil, uh, resident evil one oh god my silent hill one sorry force of habit um i think yeah it, she's definitely uh, probably a lot easier to connect as far as the main character is concerned instead of harry who just lost his daughter and then james with the whole wife stuff um i i think heather's definitely got like more scope for that yeah that's a good point i'd say after three is probably two obviously then one four i actually don't think it's bad it's just very different from the other games i mean it's the weakest out of the original oh, yeah like first four Island. easily i mean i understand why they made it they just didn't want to repeat the same three games again and they wanted to try new ideas Which I think probably, probably a good thing i mean i, mean, I, I, I don't know i mean i've, I've admittedly not played Silent Hill 4 yet. A cheap plug alert, but I'm streaming it on my channel at the end of the month. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, but uh, yeah, I think all the games, to be fair, have all got their own tastes and their own sort of design choices to them. Again, to kind of reflect the individuals that are going through it and kind of seeing it through their eyes. So it's probably not a surprise that there's people that prefer some to others as far as like their taste and that, because there are a lot of differences between the lot. It's, it's not a bad game, but I do have issues with how they handle the inventory because in order to... No, you mean like thereof? Well, you can say that. I, I was getting to that point. Um, you essentially have the item box and there's like only a certain number of slots you can put weapons into and you have to keep going back and doing that. And I just found that really annoying. Like I kind of prefer yeah. how it is in RE where it's like, there's an item box, you dump your stuff there and you don't have to worry about anything else of the sort in regards to that. Yeah. In, in yeah, this game, unless... you have to keep going back to the room and it gets tedious after a while. Yeah, unless you know what's coming up ahead, then you're gonna have to keep going back. I did like that the room does get progressively possessed over time. That was kind of cool. How you guys exactly. felt about that? that Your was, safe room wasn't safe anymore. That was what I was going to say on the inventory system, just because, like, having it set up the way that it was, it forced you to go back if you didn't manage well and then your room would get progressively worse. So that was just a game mechanic in and of itself, which they even built on with Origins, having something similar where your items would break or you had to just kind of manage a little bit differently than it, a lot of the rest of the series. It's cool. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. Like the stuff in the room with the hauntings and everything, making you go back and re-experience that. I thought it was fun to see like the babies coming out of the wall. I was like, holy fuck, that's like, <laughs> that's completely insane but it's just kind of like it's backtracking and once again backtracking can only go either in a good direction or a bad direction or it could be either tedious and i kind of felt like what they were trying to do i understood it but i didn't want to go back to the same safe room like every single time and i'm like in the middle of something i'm about to figure something out and get the key and then all of a sudden it's like well my weapons are breaking or I can't hold all these health drinks, I have to go back. And and that's yeah, where it's like, it gets a little bit annoying. How, what did you, yeah. how did you guys feel about the escort mission? Uh, oh, Eileen? Yeah. Man, I don't <laughs> like escort really mission. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind like... of either like you don't in video games. I think regardless of what they are, if you don't like escort missions, then I, I try to think of many escort missions that are like good in video. There aren't many, uh, so it's kind of real. Either you you think it's the right mechanic or you just despise it. I don't think there's really an in between. I mean, around. honestly, escort missions should only be good as long as they're like invincible. That's the way I would be accepted. Because if mean... I'm taking damage, I'm taking damage. Don't let the freaking person I'm escorting take damage because it's an inconvenience more so than. No, a challenge. I mean, it could be. Really? It could be. Oh, it could be. Hmm? It's just if she gets hurt too much, she gets possessed, and then it will affect your ending because she'll like power walk into the um, into the machine at the end. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pretend not to hear this. Yeah, it wasn't really that big of a deal because you could fix it. Yeah, yeah, with those candles. I I agree. It's not it's not too bad because she can't die. It's just you know it will you affect get her the weapons ending. and she could help you too. Yeah, which is there's, there's, an, there's an irony I want to point out from what was being said before about like you know backtracking item inventory management because of limited inventory and stuff and constantly on the safe room. It's almost like they took some leaves out of Resident Evil's playbook and perhaps mm -hmm. tried to bring them into the series, which is ironic when you think how well, of course that series is done, and yet it didn't really fit into perhaps into Silent Hill, which is weird when you think about it maybe it goes to show how the two series although they're still brands of horror are really indistinct from each other and they're really you know universes apart almost although they are in theory just variants of a theme you know one's more physical and survival the other one is much more psychological you try and take some elements from resident evil bring it into silent hill they might have done with the room um and then suddenly you get the mechanics that just don't seem to fit very well it's, it's kind of bizarre really it's more like they didn't have been implemented well, more so than not able to fit. You think they could have yeah. implemented, perhaps changed it so, I mean, like, well, it limited inventory is limited inventory. You either have it or you don't. Um, mm -hmm. I don't see how you particularly, you know, if you're going to give them like 20 inventory spaces, you might as well just let them carry whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Um, I believe it was, was it 10, 12, or something like that? I believe it was, from what I've, from what I've seen. Um, it, which is yeah, fairly um, generous, perhaps. You can carry 10 items up to 10 of each item i believe so but like i so... think there's a little caveat like if you like say if i carry like two um like two different sets of bullets like 20 grand total that's like literally two different inventory spots which is obviously not a good thing well in mm -hmm. Tunnel 4 it was like a single bullet would take up an inventory spot so if you pick oh up, like, a single bu bullet yeah yeah but i imagine up to like an x amount it would still be the same inventory spot it wasn't like you no 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 it was one oh, really it, it would really? take up multiple spots so i never used the gun because of yeah, no it, it, it stacked up to 10 on one in inventory though. spot I, I don't know but my impression is a melee wasn't too bad in that game anyways uh but but yeah that's just something i want to point out that it seems like they they brought some elements over from perhaps some resident evil trying to incorporate it and perhaps either didn't implement it very well or just didn't seem to fit with silent hill which is kind of strange yeah. Yeah. I suppose I should probably answer the actual question, shouldn't I? As well, that'd be. Yeah, I didn't finish ranking the rest, though. Yeah, rank the rest again. It's a bit of a tricky because again, I've not played too much beyond Silent Hill Three and such. It's two is definitely extremely well regarded, although it should also be stated that a lot of big series people remember a lot. It's like the second game of the series is usually one of the best regarded. Um, I think when you think back to a lots of series, because uh, it, it's it's that that nice point where they refine what perhaps didn't work in the first game, 
and people are still really catering for it to be improved. And it's usually the biggest jump is between the first and second games. Obviously, it had a brand new console to work with, so it had all sorts of new hardware, and they used it incredibly well. Um, two definitely gets a lot of love. Um, though I three, I think again, just with the whole Heather thing, it's a lot easier to connect with her. I probably prefer that more. It's a tough call. Like they're both very close in my opinion. Sonic Hill One as well was was incredibly good, although did have some some issues here and there, which they did iron out towards in other games. So, um, but I think there's you have to go a long way into the series to start getting the games that people would consider weak. You know, be downpour or whatever else, which obviously aren't particularly as well regarded. But anything anything the first three, even the fourth game, people don't seem to generally particularly hate too much. Well, yeah, nope. it's only after Team Silent left that everything got... Mm. It, at least it was mixed for everyone. Mm. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. Uh, negative, mostly. All right, anybody else got to finish, um, finish answer the question? Because sure. we got merch. <laughs> uh, I'll make mine quick, so... Probably share the same sentiment with everybody. My favorite, obviously, uh, is Silent Hill 2. I just have a lot of nostalgia for that game, because uh, the first time... I I didn't play it, but my older brother, I got to watch him play through it multiple times. Uh, so it's just kind of rooted in nostalgia for me. But I, overall, with my own experiences, I just really enjoy it every single time I play it, uh, regardless of which version I play, except like the uh, HD re-released, because that was that was oof. <laughs> but uh, probably my worst, I, I would say, just because I just don't really care for how it is mechanically, is Shattered Memories. I I know well, that it it does really right, but I I do think that just um having it be so focused on more of the sort of investigator sort of aspects and and the weird way that like it played on the Wii with all the touch mechanic like the 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 Wii motion controls and all that it just it it really wasn't a good blend for me um, and I'm not a big fan of horror games that force you into running away from your opposition and because you, you can't fight back against the things that appear in shattered memories and i I've, that's always been kind of a sticking point for me when it comes to some horror games i just don't really like that feeling because in real realistically if you were in that situation you would grab the closest thing that could be used as a weapon and smack whatever's in your way you know you wouldn't just run i mean unless obviously you know depending on the circumstances if it's something bigger than you i suppose but you know yeah, it just mentioned it, it, that I, like certain cases like you just legit cannot fight but yeah like things smarter not harder Get the fuck right out, yeah exactly you know so yeah that was just the that was probably the weakest out of the silent hill games for me mm -hmm. that's why have you mentioned zero like um or origins as it's called here in the west i never played that game i have it like still sealed I, I showed it on twitter and i'm like you know what i got this game for like 20 bucks and i never fired up a playthrough and i don't know why but i how is it's silent fun. hill origins you should uh, okay um it, it it's <laughs> just has some unfun levels to replay like uh, the Cedar Grove Sanitarium is huge, and it's just a pain to get through. Um, it's actually lower on my list. I I wasn't a big fan of it, but I was really impressed with how well the game to get came together, mm -hmm. um, despite its rocky development, because it originally started in Climax LA, and they had done all the CGI work and whatnot, and 
Konami, I guess, saw it and were like, no, this is terrible. We're going to can it. And Climax UK came in. They're like, no, no, we can turn it around. And they basically rebuilt it from the ground up, keeping the CGI movies because they were already done and built it like in six months. Knowing knowing that and replaying it, I'm like, wow. Because I'm sure you guys remember the, the trailers for their original with um it was kind of like an over the shoulder view of yeah, Travis. Like and fighting, like, I remember Yeah, that. and he was fighting like a purple monster guy. It was it was not really Silent Hill at all. And just knowing its development history, I, I have a new appreciation for what we did get because it could have been so much worse. Um my, I just wanted to say, I, I think I'm a little bit d different from the group here. My favorite's actually the first one, but I think it has to do with more of that being the first one I played. And and when it came out, it, it, it kind of cemented my love of the survival horror genre. So I think I have kind of this nostalgia working for it as well. But I don't know. I just always seem to go back to Silent Hill 1 as, as my favorite. It's it definitely my it second. Depend, it depends a lot on. Sorry, I was gonna say. It depend, mm -hmm. I think it depends a lot on when you got into this series as well. If you did, because it has spanned a lot of time for not a huge amount of games. When you think it's encompassed what nearly twenty years or whatever, um, there hasn't been like a huge amount of games for it. You think there's something like Resident Evil, for example, has been out pretty much the same time, and there's been tons of games out for it over the course of twenty-five years. Um, you know, Resident Evil, uh, Silent Hill has not had anywhere as many, so I think that makes that makes perfect sense to me. If you started it much earlier, you get that nostalgia feeling, and nostalgia is a very, very powerful um, feeling for a lot of people. Um, I mean, I had played, I think, one first, but it was a bit too rough for me. Two had that refinement, which is where I was able to kind of really get into the series properly. So, what what two did well? Uh, what it did right was. So for like Silent Hill 1, they were more concerned about creating the environment, making a scary environment first, and then kind of tailoring the story around that. When they did Silent Hill 2, they made sure to lay out like the entire plot and characters first, and then made the game. So because the story is so tight in Silent Hill 2, I, I think it's kind of why it resonates with so many fans. It, it's, it's a really simple, easy to follow story mm -hmm. um you don't you don't have too much wild stuff going on and i think that's why a lot of people tend to gravitate gravitate towards the the sequel uh Hill 2 two out of all the games I, I think one thing that this series can never be accused of is not trying to be innovative over the course of its life um that's one thing nope. this series can always hold to itself it's never repeated its formula mm -hmm. it's always tried all sorts of new things they haven't always worked um, that's clear, I think, from some of the later series, but they've always tried to push boundaries and do something different, um, which I think, especially given gaming perhaps nowadays and over the past maybe four or five years, I think it's something that is can definitely be appreciated. All right, hold, that, hold that thought. Hold that thought. There's a question in chat. Uh, someone said, what would be a game that can be a good inspired by Silent Hill work? And honestly, I'm drawing a blank because there hasn't been many games recently trying the whole psychological horror thing. I mean, there is the medium, but that's not out yet. That comes out like ho holiday 2020, I believe. The closest um, thing to that is Evil Within. Evil Within, yeah. And yeah, but, yeah, that's that's probably a good show. The problem is, is that it's very unfocused. Uh, like I said, it's the closest thing to it. Like it literally does use psychological horror, though, but it's more in keen to Resident Evil type. 
game rather than Silent Hills. Yeah, I, yeah. The thing, basically, when you make that comparison, that, though, like the story for the first one is not that tight, so it's kind of, it's kind of a little bit weird. But that's the closest I think it will get, honestly. Yeah, I, the, I think it's um mainly uh indie games. You see a lot more inspiration. There are a lot of really like psychological horror games, like Resident Evil Suffering, or uh, which one was I thinking? Galarian's is really psychological. Yeah, I've been that for a long time. I mean, even stuff like like Slender with like all the fog and everything, and or like Siren. Yeah, Siren's Siren's by Kiyo Toyama. He wrote Silent Hill, so so it's there are a lot of things that draw from yep. it and and just like going into like the indie like or like rpg maker like oh my goodness how many games you could find that it's like this is like a four to six hour game it could be another silent hill if they had had like a development team something like ib where you just have yeah. something that was really solid mm-hmm. and it's really psychological that yeah or stuff like, like- um Al Oni or like the witch's house and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Just yeah, all all those. I didn't want to like go in because RPG Maker. There's, you know, a thousand that are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's its own they discussion. They played Silent Hill when they were a kid. Actually, you know what? Um, I was like, this kind of goes to that question though. I cannot think of a game that's um trying to be like Silent Hill, but I could think of plenty of first-person games that that try to be like PT itself. Yeah, a lot yeah. of been influenced. Yeah, Tons. yeah, because. Oh, yeah, the thing is that PT exploded. That's the thing, and people had are misguided about that too, though, because uh, Silent Hills was not supposed to be a first-person game. It's only for that playable teaser. I thought they, I thought Kojima said he had an idea where he wanted to make the house segments in first-person while exploring was third-person. I think he did say that he said it was going to be a hybrid, but for people saying it was going to be like first-person throughout, that was false. Yeah, I think there was all sorts of stuff that got said about that. There was a massive rumor reel mill around Silent Hills, which was not helped when it eventually got cancelled. That didn't help at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah. We'll get to that, though. We'll get to that. Yep, we'll get to that. But, um... Hmm. Okay, who didn't answer number two? I didn't. So I okay, I let's um... people answer the question. No matter version, because we got to move on to those big questions. Yeah. So... For that one, um, I thought it was kind of going to be different that I'm going to say that I think four was probably my favorite. Like if I had to like put it down on paper and say like categories or something, I think that one would probably get the most points just because of like the depth, the amount of characters who had something that really like tied in throughout the whole game and came back and just like the good content that was there for like the puzzles and stories, the little creepy like letters that you could find or just looking through like the like spy hole on his door and seeing the handprints, the like, just like the like effort and the way everything tied through and had some little like nuance that like, you know, I know why that's there. Just kind of feel just like the whole like, pulled things in from the first three games as well just like was just always like a nice touch and just like the creepy atmosphere that like it like seems like it built like more from like silent hill 3 where that's probably my number two because it just it had that atmosphere that like everything had like some kind of like reason why it was like a little bit more creepy or just like that feel when you were in like a certain area whether it was like the sewer level or it just kind of like 
that was probably where the game started to drag a little bit, but it had like some of those really creepy, like extra moments where you thought that there might be a monster when I go into this room and <laughs> just like the way that that like feel like just how it like grabbed at you and you were like preparing for something, even if it didn't come or just like the little story bits where they like pulled the story that you found in the school from the first game and like, you know, like added to it and like had those little like creepy stories like in the apartment when you're trying to leave and there's this monster and you kind of think I'm going to have to fight that thing. And it's just like that like preparation, like building like momentum and fear. I'd probably put Origins before I like mentioned two as well, just because of like that like feel like you said like the sanitarium's a little long but it's still like a really creepy atmosphere and just like i loved the enemies in that level for just like those like things where you know if it's it was i think if the light was on it's been a long time since i played origins then they would like go crazy and attack you and the light had to be off or it's oh, vice yeah. versa. are you talking about the, the shadow ones yeah, and then, then you could see, and it was just, like, a metal piece, like, one of those things, like, and the more you know, like, about, like, psychology and things that they used to do to people, like, actually do to humans, like, made that, like, level so much creepier, because it was, like, you walk into this room, and there's the bath for the hot water, there's the bath for the cold water, they put them in that one, and then they put them in that one, and back and forth, and it's, like, that was, like, in there so you just have that like layered like fear of like real things that are scary versus just like the atmosphere of like the monsters that are like totally like bizarre and like not real so did you like uh, travis's nice story I, I loved travis's story like just like how they like and i, I kind of don't want to spoil stuff for people who haven't played it please um, don't because i have not yeah. played the game <laughs> So for his like story bits that are in the game and just how it develops like over time is just like really nice, like all the way up through the ending where just like even things that it's like that you might just infer about like a tiny detail of his story as it goes on is just really nice. And that's why, like, once we get to two and you had said like how two, it's just more digestible because they like they give you the complete idea into where all of the other ones, like some parts of it, they're just in your imagination. It's just a building thrill and you might not even get to see the monster that's like described to you, like, and what they may have had if they had even gotten to that point. I don't, I couldn't even imagine, <laughs> but two like gives it to you. It, they tell you what happened. You see it at the end. Like it's just a closed loop. Like, and James even gets to, like, leave at the end. So, like, through his, like, choice to do with himself afterward might, like, you know, be arguable, but he gets to leave. And he gets to, you know, have a choice. That, like, is so, like, it's different. And then one, it's, like, so hard because, like, three two three and four are so good to like have one like go above them because it's so hokey and they didn't have what they could do for the other ones and just like anytime you like look at something and you're really like i 
like physically with my eyes cannot tell what that thing is, but I know that bullets are there when I check it. Are <laughs> these still your horrible. best and, and worst? Yeah, I'm, I'm going through them in order. <laughs> and then there's homecoming, which is meh, but a bit creepy. And then downpour, which is just meh entirely. So yeah, that'll finish it out. Downpour was disappointing, to be honest. I, I was actually really hyped for it when I played. I was like, this yeah. game could be so much better. There, it, it basically it had been. a lot of trouble development. And yeah, it's a mess. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, actually. In every level of it. What were you saying, uh, Whitney? I, oh, I just said I, I really liked uh, Downpour. I, I rank it like my fourth favorite. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I really liked how it brought back an open world feel to the series. And there was like an emphasis on exploring the town for like the different side missions. And and after Heather, I, I really liked Murphy. I liked his reactions to the monsters and stuff. Um, but I do it. I like. I was pretty disappointed with the uh, technical issues with the game when it first came out, with like, the lag and whatnot. I, I didn't play it on PS3, I played it on 360, um, but I heard the PS3 version was, was even worse. Please, so, yeah, never yeah. played it. Because that because of this, that kind of soured my experience with that game. That's why I'm kind of like, it's low on the list for me. In terms of what I played, because I have not played Homecoming, uh, just to reiterate, and I have not played Origins, but uh in terms of what i played i would say that version of downpour is the worst yeah um did you guys did anybody else play the the like side games like the play novel or the arcade or book of memories well, or anything like that? i've seen a playthrough of the arcade but it yeah, never came favorite. it never it never came out here in the west so i never got the chance to play it i never speak of book of memories uh, <laughs> i think yeah, we should I uh, move on to the next one though because we're like 45 oh, yeah. minutes in <laughs> it's gonna be that kind of thing yeah. it's gonna but be yeah, long yeah it's a shitty diablo clone to sum it up yep. hey, um, Ren, real quick let me um actually answer this question briefly mm -hmm. um for favorite though, I actually don't have a favorite favorite though, but I might just narrow it down to two because the one that um I, I I enjoy um you know that story a little bit more than I enjoy um threes, followed by maybe one or four. One is janky as shit, but it's a really really cool story. Same for four, like it feels like an eyeball, but I do like um I do like the um what it tried to do. Now um. Fun fact though, Homecoming was my first game um, of, that got me into the series. I'll make this clear: it is a bad Silent Hill game though, but I enjoy it as a title of its own, without you no know, any relations. Like ignore the contradictions, like with Pyramid Head. You know, I, I do think it's an okay game. It's not as bad as people say it is, honestly. But it's has a bad it, Silent Hill game. Has a banger opening. <laughs> yeah, it does. Nope. Uh, and Silent Hill Zero or Origins. Uh, that game I am very very mixed on. I don't mm -hmm. like the fact that they call it Origins. I feel like it's more they kind of have some contradictions in that game that do not follow what the first game established. But I do like the character at least, so I give him that much. All right, um, yeah, I'm done now. So who wants to read number three? Hmm. I could have no one. Oh, Andre. Eh, sure. I'll do it. All right. Okay, number three. Uh, how do you feel about the story and narrative structure of the Silent Hill franchise? This includes talk about symbolism, 
and character motivation. Uh, I really can't say to be honest because, like, it's kind of weird because Silent Hill like two is really different from one three because one three deal with the cult and our continuation of each other two is its own thing, and same with four. But I'd say the narrative structure is done pretty well actually. I really all I do like all the characters, and. I think one thing, reason I love Silent Hill 2 so much is I really like James's whole arc throughout the game where it's kind of more like he, you don't know what he's in Silent Hill for. Like, it's initially just to find this letter, but as you go through the story and you sort of figure out why he's there, it actually makes a lot of sense. And there is pretty much like there's, I'm pretty sure everyone's aware of what happens during Silent Hill 2. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, like, basically... James killed his wife, it's, um, and depending on your actions throughout the story, it's either James killed her out of mercy and he regretted it, and he wants to atone for it, or James more so did it just for his selfish desires, and that's kind of the reason Pyramid Head exists as a monster, it's a manifestation of James's guilt and also sexual repression. And I think he wants to be punished too, um, that was, um, I think one of the main things too. Yeah, he comes to that realization at the end of the game when I think it's the double pyramid head fight when he said I needed you to punish me for my sins and then he's like now I know what I must do then he fights two of them and if you don't have any bullets during that fight they kill themselves which is funny but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very symbolism based I, I love it for that reason it's so many small pieces of symbolism or major ones like the bosses and of course the unfortunate thing that happens to Angela and it's just all culminating into one big thing with the story and that's what I really like uh, the other ones they also have those same psychological elements but they also focus a lot on the occult and uh, what the order is doing and all these other people so it, it, it is still interesting but i felt like the other games were a little bit more straightforward with one and three but i still enjoyed those games for what they were yeah the thing that i actually appreciate two and four because surprisingly those two games connect more yeah i had to find out about it because um there's sorry spoiler there's a character from um four that was actually evolved in two I'm not going to name names because I think you got to go out of your way to find that one, though. But there's, there's two. There's, yeah, there's two. Mm -hmm. But um, the thing I appreciate those games um, for over like one and three is that um, is it about the character and their experience in Silent Hill rather than how they got involved into Silent Hill. You know, um, like with um Heather, like she's a well, like a what, demon child, some shit like that, you know. So like I yeah. appreciate um the circumstances that James went through as far as um his synopsis in the game. Yeah, that's really why I really like James as a character because he's very. Um, I think what makes his circumstance relatable is James is like really awkward and just really shy, but eventually you kind of realize that there's like a much darker. It's sort of like he's got like much darker impulses underneath, which, yeah. I think. Um, really worked this with is someone. Oh, sorry, oh, go on. Sorry. No, I was going to say with Silent Hill 2, I think what also worked was. It was the first game to really kind of watch what the player did and it affected the ending it was really subtle so like you would get the ending where he committed suicide if you acted you know like you didn't care about your life he was always 
low on health, uh, looking at Angela's knife. Um, I also really liked the detail of, as you went through the game, Mary's uh, original letter would disappear on you. And you could see it like slowly disappear if you kept ch checking your inventory. And I, th I think that really added to the, the whole storytelling with Sawtnell too. It really yeah, did. Her letter yeah, like that's... changed your ending as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, if you examine the knife too much, James will actually want to kill himself, or at least it gives the impression he wants to. And I think the one thing I really like is um, you guys know Eddie, right? <laughs> Eddie. Yeah. Good old Eddie. Yeah, Ed Eddie was just good lord, man. That guy was a psycho. Like, at first, <laughs> he's like really harmless, but as you go through the game, this dude is like just a straight up psychopath, and he tries to kill James. And when you find him in that meat locker. And then you figure out, like, it's just all those bodies in the bags are from all the victims Eddie killed. I was like, Jesus Christ, man, this guy is a nut job. I was like, you know, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, Eddie was great, though. I really liked him as a character, even though he's eagle the dog, which is unforgettable. I, I like how that sets up both characters, like, when you come across Eddie and Angela and you realize that they are both experiencing their own version of silent hill due to yeah. all the stuff they committed in the past whether it's you know angela murdering her father for being a rapist or eddie murdering a ton of people uh because people were calling him names bullying him and then he was shooting people as a result they all see their different versions of silent hill so to speak I do appreciate, oh, yeah. um, like, Angela's case, though, because what she sees is, like, the world is burning. Yep. But she, uh, then you see James standing in the middle of the flames, and she's like, you don't see what I see? Then she walks off, and I'm like, oh, snap, I didn't realize that. I thought James knew the place was on fire, though. And then until it dawns on me, the little girl, Lauren, I think her name was, like, um, she sees people in Silent Hill, I think, something like that, right? She sees nothing because well, she's does. pure, I think? She just, she just sees, sees an empty town, um... That's why she's so confused because you know it's just a normal town for her. Actually, I got something to add on that. I think the reason why that James, Angela, and Eddie see those monsters is because they sinned and Laura didn't sin. So that could be one explanation. Well, this is what I was going to mention, sort of going a bit big picture here, is that the Silent Hill, I think one of its biggest strengths and can be sometimes a bit of a weakness for it, is that it's very. The, the topics it discusses and thinks about and kind of brings up are really, really complicated. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about it, you know, it's not just a case of there's an evil corporation or you're, you're trying to, you know, revenge or anything like that. You know, this is a very complicated series. Um, every game, although it's of a theme, everyone's have seen different things for different reasons and they're interconnecting. We start digging into these characters sort of, um, into what people are doing and why they're doing it and why they're involved. You can get really, really involved into people's characters, their motivations, uh, the reasons of being there, and what they ultimately want as well, and what they desire. Um, I think it can be a bit of a put-off occasionally for some people because some of the stuff they that the, the games, I think, try to, to, to explore um, can sometimes be a bit perhaps overly complex. Um, and some of it, perhaps, you need to dig really hard into, into a game to get a lot out of it um and i think it's 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 a good thing and again it's it, it's ambition um it's the ambition of trying to explore these things which of course we all know kojima was something that he he i think he legitimately tried to do with these games you know to use them as a as a medium to sort of communicate as much as anything else sometimes um but like 
again, you think about, say, with Silent Hill 2, for example, everyone's seeing their own version of Silent Hill. Like, that for, for a video game, you know, on paper, that's fairly easy to understand. But when you start digging into why people are seeing different things and everything else, it can be very, very complicated, um, which can be a bit of a put-off sometimes. But, you know, um, I think it's very, very, very ambitious of them, for sure. It, it definitely kind of respects the player's intelligence. It, what's really great about this series is it spawns so many discussions because people see the games in such different ways. And I, I think this is why it survived so long, despite not having a new release, because there's so much to dig into with the games that have been released. You know, there's all these debates about, oh, hey, is Pyramid Head actually a good guy and not, you know, not just <laughs> James Punishment Punisher? Um, I think this series really lends itself for, for good in-depth discussions because it leaves a lot up to player interpretations and people can see the game so differently. There's definitely a lot of subjective nature to uh, mm -hmm. to the games and the plot around them, uh, which is great. It means we can sit around and talk about shit like this, to be honest. Yeah, oh, yeah. I agree, so, man. Yeah, it's funny because years after 2 came out, people are still discussing it. It's pretty insane, like, these games have been out for so long, and just hearing people talk about it is always just fascinating me, you know, like, coming up with new theories, like, sort of, like, trying to, like, you know, why this happened, why this character is this way. It's it's always great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I, have, a, I have a theory. So, James is not dead, and mm -hmm. he's in a new oh, game right now, and it's called Resident oh. Evil 8 Village, considering how Ethan <laughs> Winters looks. <laughs> I'm right, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Actually, well, um, are we almost done with this question? Because I actually got a side question to ask. So, we well, didn't go. Yeah. Oh, sure. I right, think drill. I uh, think drill is going. Well, that well, everyone mostly said what I was gonna say. So yeah, we can move on. Okay. All right. I was gonna ask, like, who is your favorite character, like, in? Um, and when the games like it doesn't have to be main character, just your favorite character that you can let that you like relate to or whatever, Ooh. you know. Mine was, the game was Angela. Mine was Lisa Garland from oh, the first one. Lisa's, uh, I was, Lisa's up there for me, definitely. They didn't ever delve into her character too much either, I think. So there's a lot of open air questions about it, which you know you could interpret however you want, which I think was yeah. Yeah, I think for her, they well, it was mostly she did everything to save Alessa, and it's a lot of conspiracy behind that. And you know, she was also hooked to drugs, from what I remember, because I think Kaufman gave her White Claudia, yes. and you know that mm -hmm. also yeah. messed with her head. Yeah, yeah. So, so she's being blackmailed into taking care of Alessa. Yep. It is. It is kind of sad when she does turn, though. Oh yeah, that well, scene I, creeped I always, me out. Yeah. I always. Uh, this is my my own theory, but I always thought that um, the Lisa we met wasn't the real Lisa. I thought it was another manifestation from Alessa, because like an illusion. She, yeah, well, because uh, Alessa, um, she made all the all the creatures are from her nightmares and stuff, right? Um, when her powers get bound again by her mother uh, with the flowers, she loses that ability, and it's at that point you see Lisa's exterior kind of start to crack. Um, and then she says the line to Harry, uh, I, I'm just like them. I just didn't notice it before. And I think she's referring to the other world nurses 
because unlike the other characters, we never see her outside of the other world hospital, that, Mill Hospital. That's what I was so saying. Actually, I was right. I was saying that yesterday when I was actually doing a playthrough of the game in this server. I'm like, why is it that she only shows up when the other world happens, but whenever Harry's out of it, she's never around. And and that might be a perfect reasoning as to why. My my theory was um now there's nothing really into the game that says this. I always thought that maybe um Kaufman killed her because she was ready to like break. She wanted to get away. Um, and in the opening scene, you see him grabbing her arm. And I thought maybe since Alessa was trapping them all in her like nightmare world, um, that maybe she was giving Lisa the chance to get her revenge. Because if you get the good um, ending, you see Lisa, the not really like Lisa pull down Kaufman in, into the other world. So that was the sort of my own little pet theory. Either that, or she died from a drug overdose. One or the other. Yeah, that could work. I thought yeah. the idea was because because Alessa was like, you know, she'd been like immolated or something, wasn't she? Yes. But she didn't actually like, yeah. And then she was like, obviously suffering underneath the uh, the hospital. Um, you know, Lisa was obviously being sort of blackmailed um, into kind of caring for her. So it, it makes sense that perhaps you know because obviously the other world is a figment of the manifestation of Alessa's thoughts or whatever you want to describe it um you know it's perfectly reasonable perhaps that that was kind of in some way forcing her to perhaps to just stay within the boundaries of what Alessa knew in a way perhaps something along those lines you know there's there's loads of different ways to interpret it which is great yeah I, I you guys keep saying that Alessa's like half demon it's, it's not quite right she's just Alessa the mother she's just like the mother of god so she just yeah. has a a demon fetus in her uterus yeah he it. if anyone yeah. is it's heather yeah alessa wasn't such well, no heather's alessa was... the, heather's the same she's just a reincarnation version of alessa and she just oh, has yeah, the fetus fetus in yeah, her. yeah 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 sorry yeah yeah, yeah. but harry did think that she might be like a demon like he said it in his little journal that you can mm. read that he he was thinking about killing her because yes he wasn't yes. quite sure what she was but then you know he loved he ended up loving her too much so yeah yeah damn that is and harry's the dark, best, best dad i swear that's to god solid deal for you. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it deals with some some pretty crazy shit yeah that's my favorite character like yeah. keep it simple it dad I really liked Harry, which is why I was super sad to what happens to him in three. Oh, it was heartbreaking when you walked yeah. in. I was like, you know, yeah, that's where it makes perfect sense as well. The whole the whole point was it was meant to be heartbreaking. That of course was the entire point of doing it. It wasn't to do anything to do with James. It was entirely to do with Heather, or Harry even. Sorry. Yeah, yeah when you see him point. in his living, you see him in his living room, and he's just gutted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was oh, clever yeah. plot that. Really, that was, that was, I, I, I think it was one of Silent Hill's best plot points, I reckon. Because it was, you know, you bring someone in from the past and using it for what was currently going on. And once you realize why it happened, it wasn't out of spite or anything. It was just pure to obviously generate malice. Um, I think it was really, really clever. I mean, it was nurtured it was a, inside of her with hate. Yeah. It was a nice touch. It was like a nice touch whenever they did the joke and the UFO ending where Harry's <laughs> fine. And yeah. He, and he, no. UFO endings like, are funny. Yeah, when he's hanging out with the alien, they're like, oh, let's get rid of Silent Hill. And they just blow it off. <laughs> yeah, just nuke the thing. Best thing they ever did. Oh, man. Those joke endings. We have to get to those. That's a later question, though. Yeah. 
I think we can move yeah. on to the next one. If... I was I was gonna kind of yeah. be a meme with that question about favorite character because I was gonna say the dog was my favorite character. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, the dog. The, yeah. the dog controlling yeah. the uh, space, yeah, spaceship. Uh, no, Daybreaker, since you're here, my man, you want to take number four? Uh, sure. How do you feel about the cancellation of Silent Hills? Were you excited or skeptical about the collaboration between Kojima, Del Toro, and Norman Reedus? I will say, from my own perspective with that, uh, that sounds like a match made in heaven, that combination. Um, I was skeptical, to say the least, um, about the game in of itself. Um, I wasn't really sure the direction that they were going to go. So I wasn't really like too hung up on the fact that they that they canceled it. I think because we had so little to go off of, you know, we we didn't have, you know, all this build up, build up, build up. It was literally just the playable teaser. It was PT. And that's all we got. Like we didn't have a full fledged demo. We didn't have you know, a bunch of uh, cinematic trailers or anything like that. It was literally just that. So um, for me personally, I, I wasn't too upset about it. I could see why people were. I think I was more upset with the fact that so many like carbon copies of PT came out because of it, because the horror genre, especially on the indie scene, is just oversaturated with copycats. And there's little room and little innovation for what, you know, you can really do with the genre because a lot of it's been done before, you know. So obviously the copycat idea is going to be present in a lot of games that are made in the genre, but it was just more or less carbon copies of what PT was. Like there were so many games that were just using it as a template and just literally just like, oh, we're going to change a couple of the assets around but like all the same like oh hey the lamp on the freaking ceiling moves at some point or you like <laughs> cycle through the same hallway over and over again you know it was just like so so many developers you know instead of trying to do something original or maybe using that as a base to launch into what could potentially be an original game just wanted to jump in on the hype because oh hey look the you know konami canceled it and so you know uh we can make a quick buck basically yeah, i agree remember remember how many like people were hell bent on remaking that game because oh, it got yeah. pulled from the oh, store yeah, i remember that yep yeah so many people were like oh we're just gonna do the first level put it on pc and that's it and then i remember there was another game that they made in the same vein of pt and it was really popular i, I forget the name of it but i just remember uh it was first person they wanted to do it, uh, and then it got sort of canceled. Allison Road? Yeah, Allison Road. That's what it was. Uh, and, and I was like, I wanted to play it, but I just remember at first they put out the trailer. I was interested, and then I just thought to myself, this is just PT 2.0 in a sense. So afterwards, it just waned a little bit, and then uh, that's when they made RE7, and people drew their comparisons from there, uh, even though the developers were saying, like, oh, we made this game uh, way before PT, and, you know, we all know the story that's on that. That's what I would that. have said, too. Yeah, we, we all know the story on that. It's like, yeah, first person definitely blew up for them as well because they sort of took the same blueprint and put that into their game. So it's, yeah, I agree with Daybreaker. There was a lot of copycats for first-person horror back in the day because PT was getting successful. It's one thing where I diverge a little bit. It's like, I really 
would like to see what the original statements were going to be when Kojima said that he wanted the game to be first person in certain areas like the room and then he wanted it to be third person because there was that sort of misinformation going around where people said they wanted um they they thought that pt was going to be like the full game like first person and kojima said no it's going to be a little bit different and it's unfortunate we got to see that we didn't get to see that rather well it's, it's, yeah. i think the fact there's a lot of pt copycats is probably a product of the fact that there was a lot of hype for the game Mm. Uh, if, there were, if the game wasn't particularly people were worried then people wouldn't have been trying to do this and that version and the fact that obviously then the game got hyped and then got cancelled probably fueled it if anything else I think that probably made twice oh, yeah, as yeah. many people have, have a pun in it because they thought well not only they, they can do this and have and express that you know try and do what they think it should have been and obviously a hundred people could have told you a hundred different ways probably of what they thought PT should have been um I've obviously the whole issue that happened with kojima around 2015 was at best sad and at worst disgraceful depending on how you look at it um you know obviously it was it, 2015 was a pretty miserable year in that respect um it was the what was it the game awards i think it was that year where kojima mm-hmm. got like um reportedly barred by konami and i think, I think it was um I think he had some awards from Metal Gear Solid Five. I think it was a uh, was it Kiefer Sutherland? I think it was. Yeah, Kiefer um out. had to get the re- reward because um Konami didn't wouldn't allow um Kojima to go to reward shows or anything like that. Yeah, he was yeah. under yeah. contract yeah. and and he was yeah, banned, that, that was, and that was, was an, a can of worms. That was a, yeah, that was an incredibly sad. Just watching that as well, it's just like mm-hmm. yeah, it just didn't look good. Um, but but again, yeah. Yeah, going back more to, to Silent Hill itself, um, yeah, that's why it's a lot of copycats. There was a lot of hype for the game, you know, um, and the fact again, like. Even now, you know, you can talk to people about Silent Hill as PT, and people will a remember it, and b think, oh, what if they'd done this, 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 or this, or this? Um, you know, it, there was a lot of scope they could have explored that game, um, and I think had it actually come true, and you know, who knows? We might be sitting here saying it's the best Silent Hill game ever made. It might, it, you know, it, I think it's unreasonable to suggest that might have happened. Yeah, I was more asked of the idea that we didn't get to see what could have happened because Yakojima that you know pretty much mastered the like the cinematic style stuff while integrating into his gameplay. If you don't count Death Stranding, and of course you got um Del Toro who is like the guy that loves to do horror stuff. I mean, he's, if you've seen his work though, you know what he capable of doing, and of course I think he's also a writer. So, like, it was a match made in heaven. Just, you know, they needed the right thing to do it. I think Sonic Hills was that. So, for Konami to not only give us as little information as possible, but to also straight up cancel it, despite, you know, the Toro himself, you know, being like, yeah, the game's still going. We're excited for it. And then, boom, cancel. Like, come on, that's, that's not in good faith at all. Yeah, and, and uh, it's things it with, with Kojima, so he's obviously, you know, a lot of his the work over Silent Hill has had a lot of influences to, to games, to medium, to films. Um, I think him tying up with you know, a film guy, something like this, was, I think, a show of how big scope he wanted to try and make this game. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it might have been a bit too big scope, perhaps, when you think about uh, what it might have been, but unfortunately... Well, that's always been Kojima in general. Well, this is true. He's a very, very big scopey sort of guy uh, as we've seen with you know the silent hill series for 15 years as it turns out so um you know he's not scared of pushing boundaries he's been doing it a long time and he's dare i say he's been doing it very goddamn well was at least doing it very goddamn well up until 2015 at least and all that shit occurred you gotta look at um, it this way i mean at least he managed to get norman reese and 
adds Megglesman even in Death Stranding, so that's kind yeah, of exactly. a feat, actually. And some people absolutely adore that game to bits. Um, you know, there's some people that think it's amazing, you know, and, and what it what it tries to, to tell and everything else, which is, again, very hideo. So... Um, I, I think just uh, what is the last blow for that is when the fans really wanted a Silent Hill game for so long and the fact that they just said, you know what, cancel it, that's it. And then after the fact, it's like, you know, I, I always think to myself, like, if you want to make something good, then you probably should replace it with something good. And Konami has been making statements saying that we do think about Silent Hill a lot. We kind of want to make a Silent Hill game, but not right now. And uh, the fatal blow is just them not doing something as good as that Dream Team was. Uh, and yes. people are still waiting for a new game. Well, Oh, yeah, real quick. I think that I'm stuff with like PT didn't help that though, because they did like kind of just do the project like on their own. And if Konami had wanted to do another Silent Hill like at some point, and they're like so finicky on like just like canceling projects like in the past anyway, that that really didn't help. And if they had had one, maybe they had canceled it just having to pay any attention to Silent Hill with PT or like having to like you know prepare like they were probably afraid they were gonna have to sue them over this like you know there's a lot of like other stuff like at play just Here, like, with the feel and like just who Silent Hill belongs to here's my opinion I think I think they want to do that but at the same time I think they don't want to do it with Kojima because um, remember they also butchered Metal Gear Solid 5 as well and there was a lot of hoopla with that game too yeah uh, just like the behind the scenes stuff that we're not sure about oh, there's one thing I actually want to point out too is um, with the PT demo they actually also updated the game to lock it out for people who are actually playing it so if you yeah, update game, that right. game that day you're, you're out of luck yeah, there was a whole bit about that, too, because people were actually selling their PS4s and their PS4 accounts, like their PSN accounts, to people on eBay just because it had the PT demo installed on the mm -hmm. system. So, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, yeah, again, I mean name another game that anything like that ever happened about. Name another one, you know. I, I can't crazy. think of any. Exactly. No. Uh, oh yeah, I was just about to say Flappy Bird just came to <laughs> mind. Yeah, that was a fucking thing too. But yeah, the oh fact God. that PT can almost be lost to history is kind of scary. Well, someone was able to actually uh, make an emulated version of the original PS4 mm -hmm. like last year, I think, and put well, it up. People working that for years, I imagine. And yeah. then someone someone made like a a PC version on their own. I mean, it's it's okay. Yeah, the, the the emulation scene, like I know that's a topic for another day, but like the emulation scene, like over these past couple of years, has been pretty amazing with the leaps and bounds that they've made. So it's kind of crazy. The it's not far fetched to think that they could get a one to one uh, emulated version from the PS4 of P, uh, PT demo. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But yeah, uh, I, I was more bummed out with PT being canceled, mainly because there really wasn't much we knew about it. Mm hmm. That's where I, I mean, was just like, yeah, yeah like it's I, not like I was more uh, bummed out with Scalebound getting canceled because at least we saw gameplay of it. Wasn't Scalebound mostly issues with Kami and his team um, against Microsoft? Yeah, and uh, mainly also frame rate. That's the whole story, though. But um, 
uh, is everybody done with this question? Because let's move on to number five. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I still want to yeah. answer. Uh, go ahead. Oh. Oh. King of Hearts. All right. So um, I uh, I was pretty disappointed that it was uh, that it was canceled because I mean they they did put a lot of hype behind it in terms of like announcing which artists were like working on it like a particular name that comes to mind is Junji Ito that you know him working on Silent Hills based on just his art alone I knew like oh we were going to be in for some like some shit in this game but at that the same time was it the same time I was really skeptical because I mean I love Kojima but the dude is weird so he was gonna he was probably gonna have some some weird shit that probably wouldn't fit within the Silent Hill universe and then at the same time uh because of the trend of the gaming industry to lean more towards interactive movies than full video games I I really didn't have the highest hopes when I'm like, okay, you know, Kojima's gonna be going to to Silent Hill, and then oh look, they're adding a movie director to the crew and a TV actor. Okay, I I think I can see where this is going. Like, that's that was kind of my mindset about it, and uh, it was it was one of those things that when it was canceled. Even with all that in mind, I was like, damn, I really would have liked to see where that was going to go. I, I agree because, well, I mean, if you really think about it, Kojima is the pioneer of the 15 minute cutscene. Let's be honest with Metal Gear Solid yeah. 1. It, it all started from him. So hmm. that would have definitely transitioned over into Silent Hills if it happened. Whether it's good or not, that remains to be seen because, like I said before, the game did get canceled before we saw any gameplay, any other trailers outside of the one where there was a kid with a bowling ball and there was guys with his head severed and there was like centipedes coming out and it was weird. I think it would have been great on the monster designs and also like maybe some of the lore interspersed with the game. It's just the gameplay that would have been like, is this going to be highly cinematic or is it going to be an actual game? And that's where the contention lies. And I'm not, I'm not too yeah. negative. I'm not too negative about it because I seen people, uh, I'm not going to name names, but they were like, well, Kojima has done no good games. And I know that's a fucking lie because MGS3 is sitting in my collection right now. Uh, so it just remains to be seen. And it's just a casualty of, old konami heads hating kojima yeah it's just basically a what a bunch of what ifs at this point unless we can see into an alternate universe there's no way to know well I mean, the yeah, thing is, the is day, that like, we the do... biggest thing was that konami like had no official announcements it's their product and they didn't like do anything with it so Here, here's just, the like, thing though we do else, have like... a little bit of a peek into what might have been because we saw what you know the those three would come out with if they were given the freedom to make what they wanted mm -hmm. and that was death stranding that's true <laughs> and so yeah, however you feel about death stranding reflects probably how silent hills would have turned out with the three of them I don't actually agree with that statement because Kojima had complete reign. Sorry if you hear that. Some morons on the motorcycle said. Um, 
Kojima had complete free reign of Death Stranding because it was his IP. Because Konami would give him a restriction on at least on Silent Hill. I mean, yeah, he always had he always has a restriction. That's also true with, with 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 uh Metal Gear Solid Five. They uh cut out Chapter Three, which was the end game of the story. So obviously they put a leash on Kojima. If you, I, I feel it's like this: if you put restrictions on Kojima and you make him create the game that you want without going too crazy. You might get something really good like Metal Gear Solid 3, but if not, then you'll get something like Death Stranding or a game where it's like, we have a twig, you can play with it, it's innovative. Kojima is weird, I'm not gonna lie, but he is a good game. There are, there are some cases about of, you know, these sort of um, visionaries perhaps needing some kind of limits to focus their efforts on rather than just being allowed to do whatever they want. And I, I can see what you mean. I can, yeah, I can, case in point, I can Death Stranding. Yeah, and, oh God, that's stranding. But I wonder like, if, like the the sink baby, the kitchen sink abortion baby from Silent Hills, was supposed to be your companion. In that no, game. I think that's just a scare um, tactic. It, it was talking to you. I was like, well, this is weird. Like, if we talk yeah. about the PC demo, we, we'd be here for like literally seven hours. Yeah. So we got to move on. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, oh, I could read the next one, Ren. Go ahead. It, it, let's see. Uh, what were your thoughts when Konami decided to outsource Silent Hill to Western developers? Honestly, mixed because Team Silent had already set a high bar, so it was gonna. There was no way to live up to that. I thought. Oh, home, oh, I was gonna. I was gonna say Homecoming was all right. I mean, you still had a Kiriyama Okan, and there's some cool monster designs. Also, Origins. Well. Yeah, it had trouble development, but I thought it was okay. Shattered Memories, I think it's fine. There's some pretty cool stuff with, like, the psychological stuff with Kaufman. And it did try to be unique in its own way. I like the plot twist for um, that game in particular. Like, I I thought it was going... I thought initial impression it was going to be, like, a trash remake of Silent Hill 1, though. But I came out a little pleasant surprise, because um reason being, because I was binge-watching lore videos, right? And so when I got to Silent, um, I started Memories, I was quite surprised on what the game is and trying to do, though. Not that great of a game. I won't sh lie about that or sugarcoat it. But the, at least the plot twist alone was definitely you no know, legendary in series, in my honest it's, opinion. It's one of the better Western-made game, Western-made Silent Hill games, I'll say that. The main problem they keep... The main problem the Western games is... They keep trying to emulate the older games without doing anything like yeah anything like new or like add on to it because um the problem is like with westernization is i don't have anything against it but usually when you have gives an like an ip to someone else who's you know that they've never worked on this before it can sort of go both ways it can either be a really good game or a really a game and yeah and all the problem is yeah Mm -hmm. I was gonna also add on, and also Konami kind of meddled a lot, like with yeah. down, like with Downpour, they had Corn do a song for it. That that's true. Oh God, Corn! <laughs> like it remember, just, it was just, it was just the opening. The rest of the soundtrack was Daniel Lick. Yeah, oh, I know yeah. for the for the opening song. Remember Corn? It was actually uh, just Jonathan Davis, not Corn. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Um. They sort of failed to understand what made the series work as well, which is another issue, because, um, I don't know, the plots of Homecoming and Downboards are so weird. Like, Homecoming, 
had promised to be good. And I was actually kind of like digging what I played with it. But as I was going through the game, I was like, this is just Final 2, man. Like, there's really, there's really nothing unique about this game. And Downpour well, was... It, Downpour was weird. It was... It was good and bad in both aspects. I liked it until I got to the very end and the boogeyman, aka yeah. poor man pyramid head. I, uh, yeah, I don't know what is it with downpour though, but something about it just didn't sit right. There's something about the game I can't quite describe it all, but it just didn't sit. Just does not nail it for me. Like it has some of the things that done right. Like I do like the fact that you have at least options to play the game that you want to for the most part. Mm -hmm. But the scariest thing about that game really is the freaking frame rate and that black hole when it comes in, like, your console's gonna die. Oh, I remember uh, the black hole. Uh, I know you're talking about the chase scenes. Uh, <laughs> they were, yeah, they yeah. they were honestly, like, the, the fact that they're so blatant is like, they were not as good as uh, Silent Hill 3's because it's just like you're just running from this thing and the camera focuses on it and you look behind you and it's like, okay, I just gotta open this valve and I'll get away, I'm good. I, I really didn't feel any danger during those sequences to be honest. Oh, you ran. remember when the game took weapons away from you? Remember that? It took everyone guns from you? Really? Like, what game does this? Yeah, I'm not kidding you, like, at certain points in the game, you actually lose your weapons. I'm not even kidding you. Like, I once had a shotgun. I was like, all right, I'm about to kill some monsters. That's me. Where's my shotgun? Where is it? Fuck. Did the game take my shotgun away? Okay, the, oh, come on, dude. The main criticism <laughs> I keep hearing about Homecoming, like going back to that, is people say that the combat is way too good and your character is way too efficient. I've seen a video of um, a guy fighting like a spider-like boss and all he did was ran up to it with a knife, cut it like about 10 times and it was dead. And yeah, yeah the, the knife yeah. is way overpowered. That was so disappointing. I mean, I won't <laughs> lie though, that's not necessarily negative for me though, because like the dude, sorry, he's a military vet. Hi, yeah. he no, he's movie. not. <laughs> oh, I forgot the plot twist. <laughs> hey, good. You just killed well, for the for most of the game, you think he is. Yeah, I, I know. Again, I'll, that that kind of killed um the setting though. But okay, yeah, he's not though, but. I, let's be honest here though, not everybody needs to like, you know, control like shit and not good, be good at fighting though. Everybody granted, yeah, the knife is overpowered. Very overpowered. Yeah, it just made it too easy. Like, Silent Hill combat is clunky to a sense. Like, you know, you, you run around, you smack something with a pipe or two by four, and then it's dead. However, that being said, I'm talking about a guy just runs up on a boss and kills it. I've never seen that, even in the older games, unless you're really, really good at it. So that that's why it was kind of well. That's like hit or miss too, because some yeah. of the like bosses in the first game you could like gun them down so yes, easy. Yes, some of them are pretty exploitable. Like the boss. It, it, yeah. it, it definitely Same gets with... better in two, so yeah. Same with um yeah the the comments on Hill was all, never like the game's strength. It was more so like the exploration puzzles, but you get the idea. <laughs> And anytime you did play on hard or something, it was just more enemies. It just took more time or something, or you would just run around more obstacles. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. I guess we're done with this question, right? Mm hmm Yeah, I guess I'll All just right. like, add like really quick that just 
I was like super excited when I knew like the other teams were gonna like make an attempt, but we all know how that went. Yep. Yeah, and all I was gonna say is it was just it's been hit or miss with me depending on the game. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. All right, I guess I'll go ahead and read off number six. <clears throat> what would be your ideal Silent Hill game going forward if the story was crafted by you? Are you as crazy as Hideo Kojima? <laughs> That's the first question you got to ask yourself. <laughs> I think. <laughs> if the answer is no, then this is a difficult question. If the answer is yes, then, uh, well, have fun. I, I imagine you're going to pull a renegade with this question, though, but I don't know if you're going to say it on air. Uh... I would definitely do something akin to what they were kind of hinting at in the... Uh in pt sort of like have it focus around an amityville horror-esque situation of an entire family being murdered and have uh basically like all the extrapolations and all of these branches and all that stemming from that one event that kick-started a chain that destroyed silent hill essentially and finding out you know what happened that night and why and having that really be the focus of the investigation one another female protagonist. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> there hasn't but been many, has there? For, actually, uh, thinking about for it. Silent Hill, well, there was Orphan too that had a female protagonist for most of it. I have no I knowledge if... of that one, I'm afraid. So I think Orphan. they were mobile games. Yeah, yeah, they were Japanese mobile games. All oh, right. So since you can Frey, read the plot synopsis so, yeah. basically, oh, but you can't play probably. them. There were a lot of mm-hmm. uh, mobile games over in Japan actually for Silent Hill. I think there's four or five. But you can pretty much only read the plot at this hmm. point. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what kind of story would you do with that? Um, something like like Orphan had a really interesting like story design. I think that they flipped between two characters and they were children. So, just having something that either had like a feel like Rule of Rose, where it was all kids, where they didn't understand what was going on half the time, and either like laughed at the fact that stuff was scary like could you imagine like a little girl like running around after pyramid head the whole like game and just like you know thinking like oh he's just you know funny looking and just like having something that was like kind of that like feel the whole like sort of the game like where some of the stuff they're just you know like oh i'm not really seeing that i'm just he's just my imaginary friend my mommy says he'll go away sometime like and just having like something that's just that sort of feel and having like the adults like if there are any in it just like so horrified whenever they run into any of that and have like you know the sort of reaction that anyone would when they run into something like that when it's like a child saying something or to have something that's more like a fatal frame feel where like the story's like a lot more like flushed out with details which is how i felt like um silent hill 4 did it I said my uh, sort of piece on Twitter. Uh, the only thing I said I would do, and I'm kind of interested to see, is what would happen if the town affects somebody who essentially didn't mean to murder so many people, but it was a freak accident. And I think that would play into some very cool monster design. Like, uh, I-, I thought about a uh, flight attendant or something or uh, aircraft guy yeah yeah he just crashes the bus and he doesn't realize that he took like about 30 people with him and then he wakes up 
and he sees like people that were on the bus with him or they have like glass all over their bodies or whatever and they sort of blame him for the incident and he's like no I, I didn't mean to do this it was an accident so I, so I would, you want a theme around guilt yeah guilt I, w I would love to see something like that actually It'd be interesting to see something that was like a PTSD sort of perspective too, where the character like either like does or doesn't know all the time what's happened, and sometimes they'll have like memory flashbacks that could be like. That's what I was hoping theme. Homecoming would be. Yeah, like actually, Jacob's Ladder, like the guy mm -hmm. coming back from the war, coming back from the war and seeing all his war buddies either dead or manifesting themselves as creatures. And I think that would be also interesting to see. Actually, you know what? No, it gave me ideas of because technically Silent Hill already does this sort of with like the Seven Deadly Sins, right? So I imagine mm -hmm. you, um, you go through one game, you got, you have all like you go through all like. You no know, paths of the sins, right? Each um, path you have um, one person that represents that thing, and you must go through the obstacles to either defeat them or like relieve them of their um, sins, or whatever. You know that kind of thing. I think that that would be an interesting idea for Silent Hill if um, if uh, the concept could work with it. Mm-hmm. I'd actually maybe, always. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Just no. You could go. Go ahead. No, you're fine. That was all I was throwing in was just like the movie seven have something that's oh, like a Silent Hill twist. I, I had always kind of played around with the idea, like because I, you know, I really liked the Silent Hill games growing up. I had always asp I aspired at one point that I wanted to get into into game development and design, and I had always thought, what what would I do with these certain IPs from various different things I like, and I and I sort of like the idea of maybe a silent hill game where you as the protagonist um are not like guilty or you have some sort of overbearing sin or maybe you do but it's not so um heavy-handed as something like what james went through maybe it's just you know i don't know you kicked a puppy when you were younger or something so something minor but like there are other people in the town and you end up experiencing their nightmares like as you go, like what they're dealing with. So they, they kind of touched that on that with Silent Hill 2, where there were certain segments where it was like you James sort of transitioned into, but they didn't really go further than that. It was like these one-off little instances where you're actually seeing what is going on with these other characters. I think that that would actually be cool if you actually like actively played a part in other characters you know turmoils and stuff and trying to help them either cope with it or maybe you know it could be like one of those things where there's a karma system where you can help them or you just don't help them you know sort of thing it won't be like infamous like you know your actions will deter how the story turns out or how people will react to you yeah i yeah. could I could kind of see that yeah i can't say honestly it's it's really hard to come up with my own concept for a plot for like a silent little game <laughs> Actually, um, I just um, realized this. I'm gonna read off number seven real quick because it's still technically intended with six. Um, six. Um, if so if you were to give Silent Hill to a studio or a company, like who you would give it to? Since Konami do jack shit with it. Blue Point Games. But I mean, I talk about no, I talk about creating new IP because Blue Point uh, just meet remasters. Yeah. Okay. I'll let other people go because I have a couple. Hmm. I have a couple with I this. Know. So uh, you mentioned one with uh, having something like Fatal Frame, so having like Techno or somebody like. Yeah, 
but Tecmo. Yeah, but Tecmo's kind of mixed, honestly, mm -hmm. considering Especially they have five. But Ugh, they would have something that would be different. It'd be really different, whatever they did. Unless you're like real, unless you like work really close with them, then I I, I wouldn't really trust Tecmo that much. Mm -hmm. I mean, considering they made four bangers out of five Fatal Frame, though, I think it would be fine, though. Just five was just. Well, four. Well, Fatal Frame Four had its own issues. Like there is a game-breaking bug that they refused to fix. I ain't talking about the technical issues. I'm talking about the game itself, the structure of the story, and all that. Like five was was not a hit. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would agree with it. And then um, my other one probably would be just to get something that would be ridiculous and different, and you know have like something that people could be like really like controversial about would be rockstar why yeah, I, I would say rockstar would be good they would do that something would. really interesting that would be cool actually like, they would go farther into like the like storylines like where they they wouldn't pull any punches they would just the, go there i would agree with you though but the, manhunt, like they what the prompt well, the problem with Rockstar, not Rockstar, Rockstar, is that um, their storytelling is honestly not good. They could do good characters, though. And that's the storytelling why they would work with Konami, way. where they would get something I good. Imagine, I like, think Red Dead games Redemption 2's story storytelling is fantastic. Oh, I agree. Red Dead 2's story is great. I think it's probably one of their best stories in a long time. Uh, Rockstar was one of my choices. My other choice, even though I'm not a big fan of their games, I think they'd be they'd be pretty good at Silent Hill, uh, from software. Oh yeah, really? Well, they made a few horror games in the past. Shout out yeah, power. like I I think I think they'd do an interesting job with Silent Hill. I think so too. That's the Dark Souls of Silent Hill. <laughs> I'm a simple man. Give it to Capcom. The enemy design. Yeah, red, yeah. I am half agreeance with that too. Because I, so long as they don't give it like the half ass treatment of some of the games, like three. <laughs> I um, only want Capcom to do it if James Sunderland comes back all fucking jacked up on steroids and punches a fucking rock. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> no, nah, nah, he needs to go hand, hand to hand with a pyramid head. Just snap That's what the I'm sword. About. Snap the sword and use it against him. Yeah, but that like, is, I'd be down. In, in all seriousness, I, I think they've done you know a decent job remaking two, and um, you know three. I mean, people say that three is a terrible remake, and I, I kind of agree that it has its issues, but it's still a good game to play. So gameplay wise, I think Silent Hill would be great in their hands. It's just the story and uh, content that are like really questionable, but I, I would just give them a shot and see what they could do with it. I agree. I this agree with that. So for me, this is this is gonna sound kind of weird. I I would probably want it more as like a spin-off title that's try to like revitalize the series with like a mainline entry. But because of how successful their last two games were, um, I'd really like id to take take a look at like doing like a freaking just awesome over-the-top FPS mm -hmm. game set in a silent hill setting. We actually get to face like a bunch of just crazy abominations and just have like all this crazy gore and like these, you know, fatality kills like you can as like Doom Slayer in the Doom games. So no, I, I, I think it'd be fun. I do you want better. I do you want better. Um, at that point. 
No, I do you one better though. I think Arcane Studios could potentially make a good on um, Silent Hill game, so long as they don't make it like too um too dishonored like I should say. Because um they do have the atmosphere and whatnot right down for their games though. Just they need to like so imagine that in Silent Hill setting. I think they could pull it off. Just like, of course without the weird superpowers and whatnot. We could get Platinum to just like you know copy paste Metal Gear Rising Revengeance and just freaking be pyramid head instead oh, oh that would be cool bro. <laughs> that'd, be hard as hell, dude. that'd be cool that'd be cool irrational probably would have been a, a pretty interesting choice too uh but are we finished with those who did the alice games oh. like alice. i don't know american mcgee's alice and oh Parents. um that was, was i it? think that was his own company was it straight up because it just says ea is like the publisher but rogan no yeah i I think it's his own, uh, his own yeah, company maybe. that does the development. They'd probably do a really good job as well. Yeah, yeah I could see that. I mean, essentially, it's it is basically like a Silent Hill game just set in Wonderland. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but uh, Rogue Entertainment—that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I said it, and then it said they were in the same office as ID Software. <laughs> Are we finished with this question? We won number eight. Mm. Maybe, yeah. Drill? Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to pick another studio because I just would really want Team Silent back, but that's probably not an option. No. I mean, you might as well give it to Sony. Yeah, it, it would be Sony, Sony's baby at that, that rate because they have the Team Silent developers, or they had a couple of them, I believe. I think they all got spread out, right? Yeah, um, they're still they're part of Japan Studio though, but I think there are like, I think they're mostly the Team Gravity um people, the Gravity Rush team, mostly. Mm. Yep. Yeah, so Give that's to, that's a pipe dream. The Give it to the two K games so that we have to pay for all the monsters. <laughs> 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 um, just one more I'd like to throw in out there. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have played the game called Darkwood by Acid Wizard Studio. Ooh. It's really freaking good, so I could definitely see them doing a uh, Silent Hill game. I think it would be in good hands if they tried. Yeah, although the d budget differences might be a tall order. Yeah, yeah, obviously. All right, so I guess we can move on to number eight. I'll read that. What are your thoughts on both Silent Hill movies? I'm going to make mine <laughs> real quick. I, I kind of have a guilty pleasure for the first one, but the second one. Oh god, that movie's awful. It's pretty fell into alcoholism because after Game of Thrones ended, he's like, I'm gonna have to go back and make another Silent Hill for money. Yeah. I mean I do find it weird that they change they they switch the genders or the main character for the first film. I could I can appreciate the first movie though, but the second one is due to butter. It's garbage. It's not even worth my time. <laughs> I kind of wish we would have had Sean Bean in, as the main character in the first one. He, he probably won't die then. <laughs> yeah, Sean Bean would have been would have been a great lead. It's it's unfortunate that the actress that they got, I don't know her name off the top of my head to play them. Rada Mitchell. Rada Mitchell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she. She didn't. It's it's strange. She she can carry the movie, 
as a lead, but at the same time, she didn't really have the acting skill to make it uh, as compelling as it could have been. But that being said, I do really like the movie. Like Ren said, it's a guilty pleasure for me. And I also enjoy the second one, mostly just because it's the most hilarious thing ever that this buzzsaw lady straight up squares up on Pyramid Head. Oh, <laughs> they, I sort of they have like, a fight. Like, like they're they're hokey movies, but especially <laughs> like the second one. But I I definitely like you know, the first one had like a really good like eerie feel. Like it felt like a Silent Hill, and the second one was just you know it's just stupid. Like it it's were, uh, <laughs> interesting. They they tried so many techniques, and I think it's because of that stupid freaking 3D they were trying to shoehorn into the movie because they call it Silent Hill Revelation 3D and yeah. jump scares with pop tarts and I'm like oh my god oh just god. it also had half the budget of the first one mhm mm yeah yeah i think I mean, that, um back to uh switching the lead to just being female in general just like i thought that that was fine the only thing i hated about the first one was that they like tried to tie in that like whole like oh your mother like blah 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 like and it's like no her mother was trash and needed to be burnt with fire like don't be telling me like that oh like mothers are supposed to be like these like saviors blah blah like no that like totally ruined the whole story for me like we get to that point and i'm just like no you mean them trying to make her sympathize with dahlia yeah, they they made her like a good person, like a sympathetic and Sybil character. even said yeah. like mother is god in the eyes of a child, and it's like her mother, like you know, is the one who did it in the game. Yeah, she that, like, that was put what her on a fire. It ruined it for me. Like, where it's like I like the film. I can't even think of it as Silent Hill sometimes because of that and them splicing in the like you know like connecticut like coal fire story it's like okay that's hmm. would have been a cool movie on its own and the director heard about it and was just like i have to put this in okay do that in a movie that's not like already got a fan base who's gonna tear it apart like come on yeah i yeah, like i i was upset uh, so many people now is like hey do you know Silent hill is based on a real time no it fucking isn't yeah no <laughs> it's not no. centralia uh. that's the movie but as for the first movie, I think it, it got the look and feel of the game really well. I liked how they recreated certain, you know, camera angles from the first game and whatnot. Yeah. I thought it was a real beautiful movie. Uh, second movie, not so much. Uh, but I did like the little Easter eggs to Silent Hill 3 in there. But it's it's cheesy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Heather, you're goofy fun inside. <laughs> I definitely but, say that for me, the um, the first movie... I have an appreciation for it because uh, to me, I've always sort of viewed Silent Hill as sort of an anthology series like that. You really you really don't have to play one to get any, you know, to get the value out of the other. And so I with all the with all the nods that they did in the first one, that's kind of the thing I was looking for. And, you know, me and my older brother being, you know, so heavy fans of the series you know when we went and saw that in theaters that was kind of the thing we were we were pointing out various aspects that like oh they took that from that game oh they took that from the other game holy shit pyramid heads here why is he here <laughs> you know, sort of sort of thing and, and that was actually a funny thing that you know is a little side tangent we discussed about that before going into the theater 
I said, what if Pyramid Head's in the movie? And my brother just shakes his head and he's like, nah, he's not going to be in the movie. And then we lost our shit when he you showed the up. Oh, yeah. Um, Damn. That was crazy, man. But, um, it, I, think, I think it could have worked if they had gone and done like if with the sequel movie if they had instead tried so heavily to like base it off source material i i think it would have worked a lot better had it just been its own cinematic universe oh definitely yeah that way like you can kind of open the door for any sort of story and kind of just build your own universe you know yeah you know get all the fan servicey stuff out in the first one you know have all the little references here and there that you know veterans of the series are going to pick up on which that's fine you know you get all that out in the first movie and then every additional movie after you can sort of expand on the world and sort of build a new narrative that's exclusive to the movies and not trying to emulate so much of the source material because that's that's really what happened with the sequel is that it just it pulled so much from silent hill 3 and then tried to emulate that with the elements that were established in the movie universe and just wasn't a good mix it just needed to either be one or the other you either just make verbatim silent hill 3 on the big screen or you do a completely new movie that's based on the pre-established universe you started in the first movie and so i i i think that there is more potential like i have heard that they're planning to do a new silent hill movie yeah uh, so uh, is apparently going to be making a new one it's just a rumor now though uh, yeah so if that does come to light i i think if they try to do something new that would work but if they try to like sequel after what happened at the end of revelations (laughs) like i I don't know what it would be like. I don't think it'll it's be like an enjoyable movie. Things in there. They had like the downpour bus. They had Travis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. Had, that... uh, Harry doing a James thing, looking for his wife in Silent Hill. Uh, oh God, <laughs> yeah, I know. There's there's a lot of things they could have gone off with, but it'd be really interesting to see what they did. But as it stands, like I I genuinely feel that second movie sort of killed any potential that Silent Hill had as a movie. You know, and and that's really. Again, another, you know, podcast in of itself, but video game movies in general just seem to kind of, you know, that's that's really what it is. It's either the first movie does well enough to warrant a sequel or it doesn't do well at all. I swear it's like it's like a curse of Silent Hill. It's like it's doomed to fail regardless of what's going to happen after um, Team Silent Love, because the first movie was okay. Second movie killed the franchise as a movie series. And then we got the current stuff. So I was like, this series can I catch a break? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Remember that scene when um, what's my bad if I interrupted, but you guys remember that scene when what's his name Douglas got killed in the elevator? I was pissed, man. Does, <laughs> he was yeah. barely in the movie. I was like, yeah, wow, like why even? He's like a he's like a central character in the third game. So why even kill him off? Well, I mean, it's not as bad as Wesker getting his foot cut off in the Resident Evil movies. And die. the Resident Evil movies, they they have their own story based on the pre-established universe. That's what you're looking for, right? Uh, I'm no. not even gonna get into that. We we already have a podcast on that. But yeah, do you think? I was gonna say, do you think they could genuinely save like the live action series if they just reboot it? I think that they're gonna do i think that that's what the gans is gonna try to do i don't think it's gonna continue 
least I hope he doesn't. Save um, anything if you reboot it. Yeah, that would probably be the best approach, I, I would say. I think it would be really hard with all the stuff that they established at the end of Revelations to really go off of any one thing. And if they tried to, like, make a movie that includes all those things and it's not just one cohesive narrative with one, you know, set of characters that it's like, oh, we're going to have these branching stories with four or five different characters all going on at the same time. It'd be really hard to follow. So I think it would just be best to either reboot it or if they're going to do anything, just, you know, maybe try to do something new, you know, try to try to maybe kind of take some bits and pieces to get inspiration and then just kind of make a Silent Hill movie based off that instead of trying to like muddle with already you know transpired narratives and change a couple things around and then just add a bunch of fan service in like the first one would you be fine if they decided to say we're ignoring revelation sort of like a halloween uh the recent one that that just came out where it's like we're ignoring everything except the first movie you think if they fucking if they (laughs) give it a title if they don't just call it silent hill again (laughs) Yeah, that's also scary? true. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather they just start I'd rather they just start with a clean slate, honestly. I mean, it's been long enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they should just reboot cuz that after that second movie, that is a lot of stuff to work with. Plus it tied into the first a little bit, so it's like, yeah, just do it over. Don't don't even touch it. Do it over. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather it be original and kind of tie into the universe rather than just adapt the games. Rather they just adapt the games directly because like Mm. the games have such good stories I feel like it's a disservice to the people who wrote those stories not to adapt them to mediums for other people to experience them You know especially because with the format of film There are different techniques that you can use to tell the same story that aren't available in video games and so like it's uh, it, it would just be great to see those stories translated without being yeah. fucking butchered. <laughs> yeah, like the one thing I did like from the movie is how they transitioned to the other world with like the walls peeling. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. What about just like. It's a good effect, yes. What about just like CGI, where mostly the the people who care about the franchise, they have their hands on it and you see how that turned out for some of the RE movies. I mean, they aren't super great, but the CGI RE movies are at least entertaining to watch over the live action ones. I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but I feel like Silent Hill's grounded enough to work in live action. Plus it'd give them a chance to do practical. That's true. Be kind of cool. Instead of a movie, maybe they had like a, a, a little limited series like on Netflix or something, maybe like a, like an uh, anthology series, like American Horror Story style. We get different people going into the town and whatnot. I think it would really work in that format. I mean, that'd be cool. It'd be cool to see one where they're showing how the town gets overrun by darkness. Or they never really focus like a a lot of stuff of the past. And, you know, the fact that uh, I, I think that Toluca Lake is like an Indian burial ground or something. Yep. A lot of dead yeah. bodies under there, so they could focus it's on that. Sacred land. Uh, there was also the arcade with the whole um, boat singing for some unknown reason. It's just there's a lot of creepy stuff that just happened 
in the town that they can really go into, especially like from like the 1700s and stuff. There's a lot you can do. Yup, I agree. Mm-hmm. So are we done with this one before we move on to the next question? I think so. All right. One yeah. thing. I was, I was going to throw a question out because I, I don't okay. have a lot of memory of... I never watched the second film. I, only, I don't have too much memory of the first film. I remember my prevailing thought of it was Sunhill 1, they've taken the game, they've taken out Harry and put in a female lead instead with basically the same plot. Is that fair? Mm, no. 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 They, they, uh, the antagonist is completely different. It's now like kind of a wacky Christian cult and she's being burned alive because she's a witch not to uh, bring forth God <laughs> yeah yeah. I, 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 when I was watching it I hadn't played something here for a little while and it felt I could I could tell there was a lot of leads and sort of links that were drawing the original game it felt like they were messing about with enough of it but it, it, that was the impression I got sometimes that and also I remember the film it felt really goddamn long as well um, so honestly, I, I felt it was the, a bit too long. The main uh, hero was honestly kind sometimes. of boring. Yeah, there, there was, there was, yeah. They, they could have done with cutting maybe about 10 15 minutes, I think, out of that film. I, I remember, I mean, I to rem- be fair, there's not much to Harry's character aside from just he was no. added in because uh, the studio was like, it's just, just all women, you need to add a dude in there, so they put in <laughs> um, uh, Chris De Silva, the, the husband character. Makes no sense. Yeah, it's Yeah, I remember the director saying the reason why he changed Harry's character is because he thought the having a mother, having having a, you know the whole paternal thing would make more sense. You can kind of do that with a dude, though. Which is kind of an insult. Yeah. I mean, dads really care about their kids too. That's yeah, part of what made I, Harry pretty great. You know, yeah, that shit even took offense to that because come on now. Not everything needs to be my mom's. So like, get some fathers, some um, you know, credit. Yeah, I mean, fathers are just as important as mothers. Yep. Yeah. Well, you also have to look at the genre too, because it's uh, it kind of follows the trends where in action movies, it's usually the father that's the protector. You know, Harrison Ford, give me back my family kind of thing. Where in the horror genre, it's usually the reverse, where it's the the mothers who are fighting the monsters and defending the the children and all that so it could have depends on the series probably well for the, for the most part i'm saying it's, uh... it's like the dad who like ends up like dying or something like in so many series or the mom is the monster like in yeah. freaking the grudge <laughs> yeah that's also true <laughs> It, it could yeah. go either way as far as I see it for horror movies like either the mom dies or the dad dies or maybe they're really the killer yeah but I guess we could move on to the next one number nine yeah Joel you want to read Daybreaker. that? Daybreaker oh no uh, okay you can go ahead uh, number nine uh, uh, the other world is a location that warps Silent Hill into a nightmare realm. What is your favorite other world transformation in this franchise? Describe your favorite specifically. Um, oh. oh man, um, there are so many. I have one. Yeah, so many, man. I really liked. I like the transition from when you went from the historical society underneath the lake into the prison. I thought that was really creepy. You're mm-hmm. just going down this long staircase mm. for like a minute. With the foghorn and stuff, and then all of a sudden you're in a prison that doesn't exist anymore. I thought that was really good in Silent Hill 2, and I also really liked um, the switch 
from when you uh, watched the videotape in the hotel. You're yes. kind of seeing James's delusion of the hotel. And then when you watch the tape and realize, you know, hey, he killed his wife, you see how the hotel really is. It's 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 burned. It's it's waterlogged and whatnot because the hotel burned down. I thought that was a really cool uh, transition and the warping doors and things like that. Yeah, I was going to say that one as well. Completely agree. I'll go quickly, yeah. but um, uh, my favorite one, it's really hard, but I really like Silent Hill 3's Other Worlds. I thought they were really yeah, sensible, especially in the... Oh, yeah. Uh, I really liked in the hospital. That was really fucking creepy. Like, you know when you see those, uh, those faces or those realistic mouths? Oh, and the, and the, and the walls that are, like, moving constantly. Like, yeah, blood effects. Yeah. When it's that like, mirror, yeah, that, that mirror creepy. part was really, really creepy. Yeah, I was thinking of the mirror part as well. <laughs> oh yeah, the mirror. I almost the puzzle about when it. you yeah. were stuck in like the hospital, like to like the other world with like the orange walls. Like there are a couple of rooms that it's like when you first go into them, it's like, should I leave? <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, I would have fooled. Totally I would. I would have fooled. Weird. Sorry, go on. Transitions. Oh, I thought you were saying about four. No, yeah, no, you can say that. Yeah, you Wait. can go, you can go. I'm done. Oh, uh, just, I was say, yeah. I... But... <laughs> my favorite one, uh, my favorite transition would be uh, Bitch Elementary in the first one. When... Oh, oh yeah. going to the clock tower? Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah, because <laughs> it works to the strength of the game that they had the technical limitations so they really had to do like the transformations as lo-fi as they possibly could so when when you get to shit like that like going into the clock tower and then you're like oh wait a second <laughs> it, <laughs> it's different it's, yeah, yeah it's it's a great moment because then I... like you you're at that point where you're solving puzzles and you're like at elementary school and you're like all right i got this and then they switch the whole thing on you and you're like fuck i don't think i'm ready for this <laughs> Yeah. Oh, even earlier than that, I I actually reckon my favorite is probably the very first one at the very start of the game. Oh, like the, the very first thing you do um, at the very beginning of the game, the first one. When yeah. You, yeah. Go into the alley. Um, I think it did an incredible job because you know going into the game, you kind of have a, maybe a remote idea of what you're getting yourself into, but you don't. And so you know you have the car crash. You're trying to obviously follow the daughter and whatever else, and then you go into the alley. And it does such a great job of just slowly, not just building suspense, but also building that kind of feeling of just unease and uncertainty as to what exactly is going on, which it couldn't really ever do particularly ever again, you know, going to the alley and things slowly starting to not make as much sense and slowly getting kind of crazy. And then all of a sudden, once you realize, oh, this is really bad, then it suddenly seals itself off and you're like surrounded by enemies and all sorts of stuff. I, 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 um, I remember I first played that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I was like, holy Christ. <laughs> I, I was, I was I'm really unsettled by that. I, I think that's probably one of the best ones, the first one they ever did. I think it set the yeah. tone for the series so goddamn well. And just the, the camera angles too were really good. Yeah. They, they, yes, as well. There was there was good use of that sort of you know, you go in and then suddenly the camera was gonna get more and more kind of disjointed and, and angled and you know, yeah, it's just it was ingenious. Really well well put. What did well, you say, uh Lily? Sorry, we oh, cut you off. I was gonna um go into how uh in that area you can't actually escape or go mm -hmm. back or anything. Everything's totally completely different, like you're in a new area. Yeah. And to continue the game you have to die. So yeah exactly i think I, 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 
I played Pentium Resident Evil before that, so I was just like, this was like, oh, that's not good, right? Let's get out of here. And then suddenly, yeah. oh, I can't leave. Oh, God. It's a totally <laughs> different feel. Yeah, exactly. And you realize that you're in a really, really bad place. And then obviously, you wake up in the in the, the cafe of Sybil and all that. But yeah, I think probably the very first one I did, I think, I, I don't know if I go as far as say it's iconic, because I don't think too many people actually physically remember it. But I think if you, think it, if is. it was one of the first <laughs> things you did, like, it's so memorable. I think it is. Yeah. I mean, they they replicated it in the movie. They made sure to replicate mm-hmm. it because it, it, people know yeah. that scene. I can't remember. I've so long since I've seen the movie. I did. That. Yeah, they copied. They copied the actual angles and stuff. Mm-hmm. From yeah, the, I have as, no, as memories of this no memories. No wow. memories. Yeah, it was super cool. She was actually able to escape, and she didn't have to die. <laughs> the monster. Damn it! Like, you know, like they not following source material. Terrible. Yeah. It just kind of like makes it like. Well, she didn't. Smooth. She got grabbed a bunch of times from the the gray children, yeah. and then she fainted, just like Harry. Well, the the gray children actually like dissolved into ash. Oh too. yeah. So That's they true. couldn't have like actually killed her. Like Harry had to die. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I'm Are simple. We done with this question? Oh, I didn't go. I I, I didn't go. I just was gonna say, you know, I'm simple. I, I just like the fact that uh, the other world in Silent Hill One was awesome. When you go outside and you see that the entire streets are like literally gates that you're walking on, and I, I thought that was really cool. And the walls are all dilapidated and it's raining, and even the enemies change. I think because they turn into literal red demons when you're fighting them. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, I was gonna say my my favorite one would probably be the entire like level of Silent Hill 3's like chapel at the end. Oh yeah, it's a good level. That, oh yeah, I remember the that, whole actually. thing is just like so bizarre, and it just has like so many like moments where you either see Valtiel like crawling in the walls, or you like can come out like into like areas where it's all like wire and you wouldn't be able to get across where it almost looks normal outside but something's off and like there's a lot of creepy stuff in the background too Mm -hmm. it has like such a great like atmosphere just room to room like its own i love the map is even different like everything (laughs) it's so cute yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that's just it it's like you're going back to like when she was young and not even the same person the worst words ever there is no map of this area figure it out when you're in the other world (laughs) oh i guess you weren't a fan of nowhere huh no i wasn't i didn't mind it i didn't mind it i think if if you're honest an area it's like an area that's kind of like deliberately kind of like being a bit maybe confusing I mean, that's, that's it feels pretty otherworldly to me, if you ask me. I think it fits quite well. I think I just end up, I, I streamed this yesterday with the first one. I think I just end up checking every door and then I wind mm-hmm. up having that problem where I'm like, I'm on the same floor again, checking the same damn door because no map. <laughs> as, as a gameplay mechanic, I think your mileage on that can vary significantly. But I think as far as like its plot's concerned, you know, somewhere that's kind of unfamiliar and like it can be a bit confusing i think i think it makes sense oh it's perfect in that regard it's absolutely fantastic cool to revisit little areas because it was like at that point we were kind of delving into alessa's uh, state of mind so it was kind of neat to 
see little glimpses into her own past, like, you know, praying at the altar, um, hiding in the attic, crying and, and stuff like that. I, I really mm -hmm. liked that level, but I agree the map, no, no map can be pretty rough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially if it's your first time going mm -hmm. through that, it's, it is like, oh boy, it's is not easy. There's some nasty shit in there as well, so. Although it could be argued that it adds to the experience if you, like, draw your own on a piece of paper as you're going through. Yeah, I was going to say, James did that. James did that in the labyrinth. Oh, I remember that. Well, that's exactly what happens in Silent Hill 3. That level, she she just draws it, and it's all, like, in crayon. Oh, yes, because that's all she had, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a nice touch. It was. I really keep right. forgetting about three, but yeah, go ahead, Brendan. Uh, we're done here. Are we good? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, next question. What a doctor. Uh, go ahead, read this off. Um, what is your favorite and least favorite creature design of the series? Probably only one Windery here, isn't there? Realistically, it's hard. It's hard not to say Pyramid Head, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah. unless someone not. else has a different answer, maybe the nurses. Like that would be like the second I, one. Well, I'd say the nurses are a little tired. I'm, I, 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 I liked like in the first game they were just like normal nurses, and then after Silent Hill Two, it's like whenever they appear, they're always sexy. I wish, I wish well, they'd bring back the doctors. The one, they were. I so, mean, like, the... they have like a giant like weird hump on their back. Yeah, and they're just like. Well, they had creepy kind of, looking. They yeah, kind of had like a cyst. Yeah, yeah the they, had first a time... they had a parasite on their back, and there was doctors too, and we never saw another doctor. Was, yeah, was there's bad. The, I guess... the first time that the nurses appeared when they were that they appeared like all sexy, wasn't there a reason for that? And then after yeah, that, yeah. Was like, oh, yeah, let's just keep it sexy just because yeah. it's because of James' whole repressive his sexual yeah, his repressive yeah. sexuality. So, yeah, like in that happy. context, well, that, like, right, after like... that, it's like, oh, come on. Because, like, for James, it had, like, a huge, like, tie and, like, you know, that if he was sitting, like, in the hospital ever with his wife, like, you know, she's been sick for a while. So, of course, he's getting frustrated and he's noticing the nurses. So that's why they don't even have faces to him because he's just looking for meat. Yeah. Do you yeah. guys remember um, Abstract Daddy from Silent Hill 2, actually? Yep. <laughs> yeah, Angela's dad. Right that, that monster was, so, like... It's. I want to say that's my favorite, just because of how like really disturbing and fucked up it is. Like when you. I, I think you don't want to remember him story wise. It was messy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, the first enemy you see in Silent Hill Two is really creepy too. Straight jackets. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Get dude, them. those things are disgusting. They would, they would, they would startle me when they would hide under cars and like pop out. <laughs> no. Oh no. yeah, they would, that was uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, that man. noise the that they make when they're crawling, dude. Oh, I hate it. What about Definitely. what about like the monkeys or whatever? They're silent hill monkeys. The rompers. Yeah. And wormheads. No, wormheads. The dog. Gumheads. Yeah, they were. Mm. I think I throw a couple others. Um, I mean, again, I haven't played something before, but I, even I'm aware of like the twins. Uh, twin the, victims. The twi yeah, that's my victims, favorite, like, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I've not played a game, and I'm well aware of them, and they look fucking scary, and they're gonna sh they're gonna scare me to death probably in a month. So, what about the wheelchairs? <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're bad enough. Um, I think I think one I always liked, um, and I always appreciate actually was probably I think it was his name, I think it was Robbie. I think it was the rabbit from Simon Robbie Crow. the rabbit. Yes, Robbie. yeah. yeah I, think, I think you I think know what really the bloody well. mouth. Yeah, I, I think it wasn't so much that. I think what was really cool about him is that in this horrible, desolate world of steel and mesh and blood, you've got this nice, colourful, fluffy pink rabbit just sitting on a bench sort of thing, <laughs> you know, completely out of place. And then, of course, they managed to make him have a bloody mouth and just be so goddamn eerie. Like, he's a genius, you know? Yeah. I, I kept expecting him to move mm. when I that first was the, played Yeah, it. same year as well. Like, I was just thinking, well, he's, like, he's going to get up and just do really bad things. You do me. You do fight them in the arcade. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I almost don't know if I like that or not. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. But it's just it's it's just the eeriness, you know, and just like you're next to it, it just feels like it's just like it's just staring at you. And it's just it's 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 playing off of the old like dolls and sort of thing that people have like fears of and that sort of thing. It's exactly the same. And I just think it was really, really well well implemented. So I'd, I'd probably say Robbie, although there's some good answers here. But I mean iconic obviously you have to say Pyramid Head, probably. But there's yeah. some really good like second and third places in the Iconic. Series. Did you guys know that um Ito said that when he first created him like half the team were, were were against him. They thought he was too weird and that no one would like him. And now we, we got like 19 years later or whatever that he's now the icon for the game series. If people yeah, are trying to putting him into everything, I think it's funny. That's my problem with Pyramid Head is I think he should have just stayed into bringing him back kind of hurts. Like, I don't know really why they kept bringing him back. I can kind of see like. Maybe because of the design, but but from a story point of view, it doesn't really make any sense, especially in Homecoming where he makes a cameo. I was like, uh, aren't you supposed to be in Silent Hill 2? And then Alex becomes a pyramid and his ending is okay. Then. <laughs> well, the whole feel of Homecoming was like they only saw the movie. <laughs> Everything oh, from it was basically like just anything like the way it looked, like all the fans and everything. It, Having yeah. and having even, uh, coal fires mm-hmm. and ash even, falling in the sky. Even, yeah. like they watched the movie and that was it. That was the well, only even, they used at all. Well, yeah, even now the symbol they, too. Mm-hmm. Even now they transitioned to the other world. There's like the movie. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that looked cool. I didn't mind that part actually. Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that looks that looks really cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually glad they kept that aspect from the movie. But they only did it like twice, and it, it's it always is, like yeah. in a short cutscene. Well, it was similar. I think the only other thing uh, I can think of is else? like um, Silent Hill Two wise as well. Speaking of period, it's like the, the mannequins as well. I mean, I think they're probably more remembered, obviously, for the scene, uh, that scene, <laughs> of course, with Pyramid Head. Uh, but yeah. even so, you know, having like just like things of just flaming legs coming at you, you know, with, with, with the cool lighting system. Yeah, it was pretty uncomfortable. They were shiny too. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. And when you're running up, um, Nathan, I have, I haven't even said no. It doesn't matter. When you're running towards like the historical society, and they would just jump out from the side, yes. it would always make me laugh. Yes. It was so weird. It was like, like okay. And I think that's usually what they're like into. Uh, uh, I, I think, um, Vatel, he looks crazy in motion when you see him turning the vowels. I, I, I thought that was, like, creepy. 
strangling nurses strangling nurses oh. yeah all, all that stuff so i i thought that was weird i i really don't have a least favorite monster design but the only thing i'll say is that i do feel like some of the enemies in silent hill one compared to later games they look a bit uninspired like you got a giant worm thing and a giant lizard walking around this like, yeah it, favorites like the pterodactyl monster in the first one is probably my least favorite there and two it's probably the things that scare out from under like cars and three it's probably that one boss where it's the giant worm thing it's oh like, the split head oh, the subway stuff see that thanks i didn't like yeah. the pendulums because they're the noises they would make or just really oh annoying. yeah those are pain they, just, like, they like cornered you so much in the third one or like if you brutal. played on hard, you could fall off the edges of places. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it was I couldn't brutal. tell you, like, how many times in the mall I fell off of edges trying to avoid those things. Yeah. Are you talking... Too many of them. Are you talking about those big, giant enemies? They look like hooks? Um, they, they were, like... They kind of look the, like, like horse They're like metal. Or, yes. And they, I don't they know had what like spears about. coming out of them and uh, they would rotate in the air. I don't like those or the little like dinosaur things. They look gray and they try to headbutt you. Them bodies? Yeah. The, yeah. The bodies. They they are terrible. And they, they look have, like little uh, fetuses. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's all the answers I got for this one. So are we moving on? Yeah, yep. we're good. Yep. All right. Uh, I'll go ahead and read this off. Uh, we're seeing creepy out the most in this franchise. Oh, that's easy. Uh, so you see Pyramid Head fucking some two leg half creature. That scene. While... Oh, like, yeah, the whole race that... scene thing. Yeah, yeah like, he, he was going to town on a pair of legs that doesn't have a head or anything. Like, what's going on here? That, that seems iconic, man. Uh, like, when I saw that for the first time, I literally was like, what the fuck is this? Could be as this? much infamous as iconic, I fear. I mean, when I first saw that, I didn't have a clue what was going on. Like, I was, but it was yeah. so dark, and no like, oh, yeah, he's going hot dog. It's like, man, come on, man. Good lord. I think we talked about this earlier where supposedly it's not actually sex, according yeah, to so the director. I mean, it doesn't look like it at all if you go back it's and actually more about like, like abuse. It it's weird. Yeah. I saw it and I'm like, I, I I think that's the point though, is that it's supposed to look abnormal, but similar to yeah, what you usually see. Yes, but I, I'm like, yeah, I'm going right in that closet. I would do the first <laughs> thing that James does. I don't, don't think it was I, consensual, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> I, I think, uh, um, I thought his, his uh, first appearance was, was really creepy when you just, yeah. you heard a scream and then you ran and you just saw him standing behind the bars staring at you. Yeah. That was, that was really creepy. But well, as for like a really good creep, I, the mirror scene in Silent Hill 3 was really good. Mm -hmm. with the, oh, yeah. Where you're like, oh shit, I'm, like I'm trapped in this room. For Silent Hill 3 where you like, if you actually like do the level like correctly, because I know like a lot of people get stuck in that level and like will miss the magazine that like tells you about the ghosts and so they like miss out on that sort of scare but if you get that one just it's so creepy just like as you're like going through because then it like colors the whole level totally different also the whole like thing with um stanley the soccer in mm -hmm. the hospital was also very creepy just overall 
I mean, all those notes. I liked his character so much because it's just like the way he wrote it. Mm-hmm. I think um, a, a good one, I, I, I'll throw out here as a shout out, was um, I think it was actually, who was it? Yeah, it was. It was uh, Lise Garland um, and like her death in the first Silent Hill. Personally, you know, the, the blood starts just kind of streaming down her face um, and all that. And then you got Harry sort of just locks the door on her and all that. Yeah, I felt so bad. She just, I'm like, yeah. oh, Harry. Yeah, there was a much sorrow as much as anything else, but mm-hmm. just on a visual level, especially at the time, like it was all kinds of crazy. It's like um, strangely beautiful, too. Like the way it, the way it comes together, it's not, you have blood like coming out of like every orifice, but it's still not gross. I guess mm. it's, it's a cool scene. I kind of felt the same when you see that scene where you kill Sybil and she's like vomiting out the blood and you see uh, it streaming down her face just like uh, Lisa. I also thought that was kind of creepy as well. Once I saw it, it made me like really feel bad for not getting that uh, red liquid and saving her. Mm, that whole yeah. simple stuff yeah. was all kinds of crazy. Again, another and, and wonderfully executed as far as the game's concerned. But yeah, when you first got it, you're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> did you guys? Good. Did you guys um, save Kaufman and stuff at first? I, I know some of my friends, like for years, had no idea that they could go save Kaufman in the bar and 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 save Sybil. It was just um, I'm always surprised. Well, people never did that part. The first time I did in, but then I read up that oh, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. I I remember playing it, and I remember thinking and looking and thinking, like, surely you must be able to. And then, because I, I saw the clues, but obviously with like the um, the liquid, and there was the stuff like um, in the motorcycle. I'm thinking there's clearly more going on here. I think on a second playthrough, I got it in the end. The first time I couldn't work it out because there was just so much bullshit going on. Yeah, <laughs> it's it was like, such a shame because it was like that was the part where you learned more about the whole drugs subplot. Mm. Which yeah, if you don't quite go huge, through actually. it, you don't really learn more about it you can completely miss that and not have mm-hmm. any idea of it yeah, like, yeah you're you like know, what's what was it. with the notes in the police station oh yeah that's what it's about yeah entire side plot which you could completely miss potentially i missed it at first i, I was like I, I didn't know what to do and then uh, i realized that in order to get the good plus ending you have to do that side mission with the motorcycle so uh, I, I just went back and did it, and then I found out, oh, you can actually save Kaufman, and he gets really mad once you actually <laughs> fix that thing, and he's like, you want to die here or what? It was like, okay. He's really angry all of a sudden. He's super I, nice. I appreciate that they did, getting a bit off topic here, but I appreciate they kind of went back to the Silent Hill 3 with the, the locket and the pendant, and there was the vial sort of thing inside. I thought that was a nice touch. They went back to that. More callbacks to the original, so. Did that's, anybody that's get... Uh, try to kill uh, Claudia first instead of just taking the the pill. Oh yes, yes. I remember this yeah. now. It's all coming back to me. Goodness. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in three that's like creepy. I think I mentioned a couple of the the ones in the beginning. Mm. Hold on, I'm curious. What, what happens if you try to open fire on Claudia? Uh... Oh, you die immediately. Oh, yes. you die. Yeah. Yeah. You get a game over. Yeah, it's, God comes yeah. forth. <laughs> You You're not allowed to do that. That's that's against the rules. <laughs> that's interesting. That's very interesting. But I think we yeah. can move on to number twelve. So I was to read that one off. I can read it. Yeah. Go right ahead. All right. The cult was a big element within Silent Hill one and three. How do you feel about their storyline? 
Well, given that I like the first game, I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was it was easy. I think the first game to be a bit confused by by times um, mm -hmm. because only it encompasses a lot. You know, this sort of doom apocalyptic cult. Um, you know, with their own version of like a Bible and this sort of thing. Um, it's something that you have. To, I think you have to play through a game at least a couple of times to kind of get a more of an understanding of what the hell it's actually about. Because you look at it on paper, you just think they're just a bunch of complete nuttos. Um, but then when you start delving into kind of a bit of the history, again, going into some maps of the tribal stuff, and then you know it's been obviously fleshed out of Silent Hill Three, Silent Hill Four, I believe. Um, the the bad guy was also I think he was orphaned or something by the the order. I believe it is. No, his um, parents abandoned him in the apartment. The yeah, I said I a vague idea of it. Um, I think it's 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 nice. Um, it's always good to have perhaps like this kind of overbearing, I guess, antagonistic group. Um, and again, it makes perfect sense they return to it in free because, of course, that's what all Silent Hill One was largely all about. You know, this cult trying to bring um, you know with all the stuff of a lesser. Um, but I think as an entry level, I think it can be a bit confusing to understand what exactly is going on at first, which isn't helped by Silent Hill's own you know, there's so much already going on in the game, plot-wise, that trying to understand what the cult's about, and you've got all this crazy stuff going on, it can be a bit hard to get into at first. Mm -hmm. And yeah, also didn't help that they contradicted themselves, too. Yeah. Like, on oh, purpose. Yeah. When they were writing it, they um, there was an interview in a Swedish magazine called Level. I got it translated, and one of the quotes, I think, was from Sato. They said, or no, it was Kiriyamoka. They, they said that they they did make it like contradictory on purpose to kind of keep players on edge, so like you didn't know what to believe while you were playing it. Well, there's yeah, also a level I, of, that's like, different families and different mm. people who were like, you know, at work like against each other. Like where you see like a lot of that in three, where like Claudia disagreed really heavily with her father, and just like that like was like a theme throughout like a lot of the things that happened in the town it was just certain people who went one way or the other on any number of things and then the okay. drugs like uh, it's, it's funny because I, I can certainly imagine something like, like the order trying to take these people in there is always going to be if, you, if it was real which is like both scary and ridiculous to consider at the same time um like I can easily see this group of people perhaps trying to tell people kind of what they want to hear, even if it's like 100% the truth as a way of, you know, of indoctrination. So I guess it kind of makes some sense. I mean, they, they drugged the town and tourists. So. Mm. Not very not very good people. Again, that's <laughs> again something you could have completely missed in the first game and not had any clue about, but yeah. hey-ho. Um, yeah, but then... I think... I think the, the order's pretty cool. Did I say it? That's not what I meant. Sorry, it's late. I apologize. The order's pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. I guess I've got a picture of Valtiel on my wall. And God knows what else. No. What I'm trying to say is that I think the concepts of it, I think is pretty, it's pretty good once you delve into it and you kind of understand. And the great thing with the order is there's a lot of interplay going on again with with individuals, you know, trying to take advantage of what they have to do their own things at times and what their goals are, and it does vary a bit. And, of course, different people's interpretations of it as well. Yeah, I think that, like, in the early games, it's it's all, like, pretty vague, and they don't uh, develop it a ton. But in the fourth game, it, like, it 
is off the charts, like just with their, uh, you know, orphanage where they're like collecting kids and brainwashing them. And like, it really like takes it like full circle, like there as you uh, get into more of the lore. Mm. I'm pretty sure they at least referenced or made mention that there was stuff like that going on in the first game. Like, I vaguely seem to recall there was talk about it. It was like it came up in a couple of bits you could look at, and you like get the impression hmm, they're doing some pretty questionable things here, as if they weren't already. I could be wrong there. I don't think there was any like anything overt. It no. was something that was more expanded on in in the sequels, um, but. You know, some backstories from like supplementary materials, they would say that um, the order, well, what you heard about the order was that they would murder those who got in their way. So like with the whole drug ring, uh, they they murdered the mayor who's against drugs, and they also murdered a narcotics officer, Gucci, mm. um, who was investigating. So they were doing some shady things in, in that regard, <laughs> and some other supplementary materials sorry oh we got a cameo <laughs> hello <laughs> um some other supplementary materials said that like the cult was also uh taking young women to try to force the birth of god and it was wasn't working so they were killing women too definitely a shady group i would mm -hmm. agree there <laughs> did uh, some shady stuff I yeah the understatement of the podcast Say saying these guys are the good guys would be like just woof that's not true at all <laughs> yeah yeah not be yeah, yeah don't get caught saying that in public or on on <laughs> record please don't you might go to jail for that minimum <laughs> yeah, there are different layers to it that just some of them like seemed to tie in and other ones didn't like there weren't really like many texts i think there's only one that's actually in the game that has anything to do with valtiel he's just seen in the third one but he's never like really mentioned and then they have other things like in the end of three they have like saint nicholas and saint jennifer and how they tie in is like really heavily argued and for whether or not saint nicholas actually is pyramid head is like another thing so there are like a lot of things in the lore that you know go one way or the other i think this thing as well with the order is that when you've effectively got what is you could almost, I don't know if it's fair to class, it's like almost like a heretic religion, maybe? I don't know if that's a fair way to classify it. Uh, maybe that's understating it. Enough. Yeah. No, they're, they're like an organized religion. They're, I mean, yeah. that's how at least Lisa kind of talked to Harry. He said it's like a queer religion. Like, it was something that seemed to be kept under wraps, though. I think they were trying not to be out in the open with it. But um, I mean, by Silent Hill 3, like, Vincent uh, got a lot of money coming into the Order, and they were able to, you know, expand it and stuff. Hmm. Um, and that's the thing well, as well, especially... This, money this, this, was, like, a side thing that was just for personal gain. That's why he gets punished for it. But uh, to call oh, it, like... yeah. That's why, like, she said it was, like, a queer religion, like, because, like, that's, like, something... Like, you don't tell somebody that it's a cult. And that isn't a religion. It's it's stuff that's like kept hidden, and it's brainwashing, and it's really like heavily like no one knows. Like it's all need to know, like a pyramid scheme or something. Like mm -hmm. where like Leonard knows a whole bunch of stuff, but you you know like Claudia only knew it because she was his kid. Like and it's not stuff that like anyone would know. Like in the group. And I think I think. 
thing as well is that this again this heretical sort of religion this indoctrination i think it's kind of a, a subject matter i think a lot of people kind of find to at least some degree kind of remotely intriguing um you know the kind of the thoughts about again because religion has been such a huge part of human history for you know for ages for you know for centuries millenniums whatever you want to call it um so we need these sort of little offshoots you know then they're kind of like breaking off from the norm i think there's a degree of fascination to it whether you realize it or not i think to to um to a degree i think, I think it works really well yeah i think i think um this you know i don't know how much they've particularly featured in later Silent Hill games i, I don't uh, know they they really get away from the whole cult aspect after like all the team uh team silent games yeah. they really try they really stray away from well, it they, they they bring it back a little bit in homecoming they there's yeah, more they talk, talk about it they talk about a different like offshoot someone who broke away from the order to establish their own sort of sect yeah that, and that's yeah. sort of like the more warring in, like, in in homecoming yeah and in uh in the fourth game they have like a lot of like just like really tiny like examples of like it'll be like um somebody's like monument when in like one of the cemeteries somewhere that you go to or um if you like take eileen around when she's kind of like you know like not so with it she'll start reading the red text that's all over like that one like whole level that's like around toluca lake and she like goes through like a bunch of weird stuff like just she'll like have a line about like something and it's like how that ties in and like a lot of the lore for like the whole series is in the fourth game all right but are we finished yeah i think so yeah all right all right yep hey drill when are we up number 13. number 13. The series is known for displaying multiple endings. How do you feel about the premise of some of them or their symbolism? I mean, there's a lot to go into. Like Silent Hill do add a lot in depth with it. Like how, like, how, like, you know, with like the certain stuff with Jane's. I think that was described earlier. I, think oh. I, I like it. It's yeah. fun. Lots of replay value. Same here. I think I think there's two fronts to it. Yeah. Um. I think you've got yeah the gameplay wise, it does give you reasons to to replay the game. Um. And perhaps to do it in different ways. I think there's also the side of it where it's kind of whoever you're playing as, especially sort of in the early games. You know, it's, I mean, Silent Hill, for example. You know, you've got this individual who you're controlling who's obviously done some not very good things, and it's about you know a bit of repentance perhaps, and you know kind of um you know, accepting the blame for what he did and that sort of thing. Although, will he? Would he actually do that? Um, so there's kind of a, a more of a moral reason, I think, I think for those some of existing as to whether the person you're playing as would actually be willing to accept what they've done, which is kind of why they're there in the first place and kind of toying around with different alternatives in that respect. Um, I think the only danger, I think there's some sort of the series, and it's not the only one, is that when you start with like these multiple ending stuff, you do sometimes feel like this... Com- this compulsion to always offer loads of different endings to games and you have to just make sure that you're able to justify there being multiple endings to these games because it can be easy to come just feel you have to do it for the sake of doing it because yeah. you've always done it um that is yeah. a danger and a trap that some series do fall into 
Yeah, because sometimes you end up getting the bad ending because, oh, you didn't do this specific thing. Like homecoming because you didn't mercy kill the lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or they start, they start existing for no... That was so messed yeah. up. Yeah, um, the, the danger is as well that they start, you start having these endings that you feel of just like kind of just there. You know, there's sometimes going to be a bit tricky to justify, which is the problem. Now, that's not to say that Silent Hill has done that. Silent Hill has done a very great job of, you know, of, of these endings, of kind of giving you reasons to replay them, to find something out. If you've not done something quite right, you can kind of tell. Um, or you just want to see someone getting abducted by aliens or, you know, blowing up Silent Hill <laughs> with a dog. You know, they oh, also man. have their own their own values. So. I got yeah. so mad when I was playing Silent Hill 4, and I think my first ending was literally the ending where uh henry is in the hospital yeah he, he's in the hospital greeting eileen uh and it's like yay they escaped and then all of a sudden the camera pans all the way back to the hotel and is fucking infested with ghosts and everything and i'm like what did i do wrong i swear i put candles everywhere medallions <laughs> everything and somehow <laughs> i did not clear all the hauntings that got on my nerves yeah, yeah. I don't like the I don't like sometimes how you have to look up a guide if you want the specific ending. Oh yeah, like um, I know if um, yeah, that can be a giant pain. Yes, because if you want to get the UFO endings, I think you have to play the game again like multiple times. Most most you know, of the time, the UFO you, endings are locked behind New Game Plus because they add an item that you have to use at specific locations throughout the game, mm. and you're not gonna know the specific locations unless you look them up. Like props to the people who actually found it out on you know, their own. You know uh, what's bad though? The first game, the guides, they 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 would say, "Oh, there's a UFO ending. You only have to use it in these two areas. Mm, you gotta use it in like five. Yeah. They like missed all the other. I'm like, I feel so bad for people trying to get the UFO ending. Like, why isn't it working? Yeah, this is the problem with game guides that were fan made in 1999. They weren't particularly <laughs> accurate. No, yeah. no, I'm talking about. I'm talking about published. The oh. official guide. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I didn't oh, know that. Even I even the, uno the unofficial and the official guide both messed up on the UFO ending. <laughs> Wow. Maybe, maybe that was oh, poor. Yeah. Maybe that was poor communication from Konami then. Yeah. Translation errors. <laughs> I don't know. That's I didn't know that. That's 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 not good. <laughs> yeah, sometimes guy sometimes the guides aren't perfect and there are errors. Like sometimes they mistranslate something or they forget particular details. Pretty big thing or to get wrong. Or they tell the writer something and then they take it away from the game. Uh, another famous case was with Silent Hill 2. They were saying in a new game plus, you would be able to read uh, like the monuments with missing letters and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that never happened in the game. I guess that was something they took away and they didn't tell the guide writer. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, late cuts, that sort of thing. That's, that's always possible. But yeah, yeah well, I Oh, sorry, my bad. What were you going to say, Dave Rager? Oh, I was just going to say that I I like the fact that the majority of the games have multiple endings, especially when, because really the only two that are directly connected as far as any sort of cohesive narrative is one and three. So with the multiple endings, you know, it, it leaves it kind of to the player to decide what they want the ending to be for most of the games and, and kind of works well since Silent Hill is sort of that anthology sort of series. 
Um, so if you want the ending to be something serious, like, for example, like in Silent Hill 2, if you want it to be that James comes to terms with everything he does and then leaves Silent Hill with uh, with Lisa, you know, it, it's, um, you know, that's that's the ending that you can choose. Or if you if you feel that, you know, he would actually kill himself, you know, that's the ending you could also go for as well. Or, you know, if you if you think the joke endings like the whole thing was, you know done by a by a dog in a control room or you know aliens you know it's like <laughs> that's 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 totally up to the players so i i do like that you know especially yeah. too because um the replay value there and the added stuff with a lot of the new game plus features that they add in is, is really nice so it it keeps you coming back yeah i think like one of my favorite ones was shattered memories in the ufo ending where you're telling kaufman everything that happens in the first game and he pretty oh. much call he's pretty much says oh wait you're telling me all this about cults and gods and stuff and he calls you crazy and then it turns out cheryl's a dog and kaufman's an alien <laughs> and it's, it's a complete insanity it's complete insanity do you guys remember um Remember Book of Memories is joke ending. <laughs> no, wasn't that the one that has uh that has James and his wife in it briefly? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, James James also cameoed in uh, Shattered Memories as well. No, he cameos in a couple endings, I think, because he's in the isn't he in the UFO ending in three? Yes, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, you see him in it and, and he's in downpour. Oh, I I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't even know he was in Downpour. There's the surprise um, ending oh, where you see right. Pyramid Head cut the cake. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. Uh, yes. I'm a very loud. It's like I, I like some of the endings. Some of them have like emotional connections, like Silent Hill 2, where you know James either lives or kills himself. And then there's other ones where it's just like obviously for laughs. I, I I did like one thing though about some of the new game plus stuff for two, and that's the fact that uh in order to get the ceremony ending, the one where you have to collect everything and try to resurrect Mary. Oh, the rebirth ending. Yeah, yeah, you have to do that only in new game plus, and there's items that you have to pick up in order to make it happen. And I thought that was kind of cool and unique at the time. Yeah. But um, I guess we could move on to the next one real quick, which is easy. Um, number fourteen is what is your favorite and least favorite weapon in the franchise? Least favorite would probably be the knife because it's fucking useless. Knife sucks. Hmm, definitely. Actually, <laughs> it's actually really good against the nurses in nowhere. It's really fast. You can you can kind of stun lock them. I was pretty impressed. I was just kind of using the hammer because it just completely obliterates any enemy yeah, in the side of the one. Yeah, that's my favorite in the first game is, is the hammer one. I'm a simple man. Give me a 2 by 4 so I can beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite weapon's probably uh, obvious, but it's the great knife. I mean, come on, man. Pyramid's knife is fucking awesome. It's, it's I know cool. you can like use it, to be honest. I know you can yeah, use a katana. It's, it's really slow, but I do like how it looks, I'll see. I think you can use a katana in the third game. You can yeah, use one in can. the first one as well. Yeah, it's one in the first one as well, yeah. Well, you have to unlock sense. it. I'm yeah. say, is that like a laser weapon that you could get in three? Like for, I think for the joke ending? Yes. Yeah. Yes, the, the sexy beam, I think it was. Yeah, the sexy beam. And you can get a lightsaber. Lightsaber was actually really cool. I enjoyed using that. Yeah. 
I do like whenever games give you like overpowered weapons just for fun. Yeah, as long as you as long as you've had to beat the game incredibly well to get them, like I've got no problem with that at all. I think it's I think it's good because it means if you want to explore things you didn't really have the opportunity to explore otherwise. I swear, I swear. I swear in Silent Hill 4, you can give Eileen a machine gun and it just kills everything. I hear, oh, I, yeah, because like, she's, re she's very good with it, but it, it has other it has issues with using it for mm -hmm. the game related. But well, I know. Um, but apparently she's actually pretty good at that, from what I've heard. Yeah. I don't necessarily have a favorite weapon. I would probably say probably the chainsaw is, is one of my favorites, for, especially from 2 um because there's a, a couple of unique things like james will if you're standing idle and there's enemies around he'll scream uh, he'll like lift the chainsaw up and scream at enemies which is pretty great um there's oh, actually I another thing that uh there's another thing too that i think if you attack pyramid head with the chainsaw it actually bends the blade so the blade of the chainsaw is bent for the rest really? of the game Ooh. if you do Ooh, that really? yeah i've only ever seen it once so i don't know if it's actually a thing in the game or if it was a glitch it might have been a glitch i i'm not really 100 percent sure but i i always thought that that was really funny that that happened because my brother's you know chainsaw and that one playthrough was bent for the rest of the game um my least favorite weapon i would probably say is the hyper spray just because it's such a pain in the ass to freaking get it to be viable to get, get it, it to be real yeah that too yeah to get uh, it to yeah, be really powerful though you have to you have to be really really freaking good at the game and it's just like oh it's not worth well. it hmm. funky though that everyone said no one yet has actually mentioned like a gun it's kind of a bit weird i don't know if that says something but they're just kind of there or you know i mean the guns are like, fun but they are fun <laughs> but i would have thought you know like massive hunting rifle you know whatever like right. that i'm surprised no one said anything right like that it's all these kind of more obscure weapons or like hidden i think i think by. because the game the guns are not uh, it's easier to kill stuff with the melee weapons so i think that's what most people mm -hmm. stuck with which is, which is that and, and, and you that know, and also if i want to like use a gun so badly and like i start my hard game though i think i would just go to resident evil for that because no guns galore but in case of silent hill though i think it's more fun to use a melee melee weapon Guns like more or less resort. Yeah, yeah. There's, 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 I usually there's an art to it. I usually just say guns for like a boss or something. Yeah, I think it. Because in the early games, like the game, like Sonic One, like just chucks ammo at you if you know where to. If you if you look around for it, you can find gobs of it. You don't really need to hit anything, because like, you definitely can. I think it, it's just Silent Hill doesn't really give you that sort of sense. Like, especially in the new game plus runs, you know, you'll end up finding weapons that you couldn't have used otherwise, like in the first run that are unique to the new game plus, like the chainsaw or there's the uh, there's the power drill in oh, Silent that, Hill yeah. one, you know, and, and so there's these like new unique weapons that stand out more than just your run of the mill guns, you know, it. it Silent Hill doesn't have the same impact to me with guns as it does like with Resident Evil, like when you get the Cougar Magnum, for example, and you're just able to one shot zombies with it. You know, so it's more of just it's inside. It's more of it, it's just there as a tool as much as anything else. It's not. Really yeah. Better, yeah. Which is which is funky. I guess it makes some sense. Unless we're talking about Silent Hill 4, where it's like ghosts everywhere and you need silver bullets and there's barely any and i'm like oh this is annoying so wait so wait are they werewolves now 
I just remember that they chase you everywhere, they're annoying, and you need to put them down with the swords or the bullet, the silver bullet, and I think it stuns them for a bit for the uh, silver bullet, and the sword stays there, but you only get like three in the game. Yeah. You have to run back and grab it before you leave the level. Yup. It's really annoying. Ugly. But uh, I guess we could move on to... Well, actually, I have a side question before we hit the final question for Whitney. Uh, Whitney, I, I wonder, like, what did you think of the Castle Silent Hill games like Cold Fear? And there was another one that was sort of oh, like you mean, Origins? You mean Cold Heart? Yeah, stuff? Cold Heart. Cold, Cold Heart. Heart. Um, I thought that one seemed a lot more interesting uh, than Shattered Memories. Shattered, I agree. So the what, concept of that was amazing. So what I um, learned was through a post-mortem interview with Sam Barlow, he's the writer um, of the game, they were desperate to make this game on, on the Wii, and they chose to, um, this kind of pisses me off, uh, a Silent Hill remake was already greenlit by Konami, and someone said, oh, we can just say our game is going to be a remake, and so they just forced their original idea into a Silent Hill 1 remake so they could just get started with the project instead. Sound incredibly disappointed. Yeah, oh, um, wow. my cold heart sounded... I really liked the original idea. It was it was really cool and instead uh, just we got to, a remake. Just to say there's actually cover art for Silent Hill Cold Art and it looks really cool. Yeah. I like that cover a lot. Uh, I actually didn't know about that. I, I'm looking up on this wiki right now. I didn't realize how many projects and games had been canceled for Silent Hill. It's kind of amazing to me. There was another one that was like uh, on, I think it was on PS3. I think it was something like Origins where you're this guy and you can walk around and pick up a chair and hit uh, enemies with it. But they canceled it. I forget. Yeah. What so it's that called. was the that was the first um, version of Origins. Origins, yes. Um, mm -hmm. And it it uh, was very bizarre. Um, <laughs> the story the story was weird. Like uh, I think uh, Sam Barlow described it. They said it was kind of like a dark comedy, like based on Scrubs. It was weird. I don't know. It was weird, so but the gameplay. I'm glad that got canceled. <laughs> it was weird, but the game, the gameplay looked kind of interesting. But yeah, I, I, I definitely think that Cold Heart was the more interesting yeah. one. I was very disappointed that that we didn't get that version of the game. I mean, I, I like, I like Shattered Memories. You know, um, it's what got me to start my Silent Hill site and stuff. So, I, I, I have a soft spot for the game, and I really liked the the psych mechanics and stuff but oh man if we got cold heart <laughs> that would have been really cool there were some cool ideas they were gonna do like using the nintendo wi-fi to actually mm -hmm. to actually determine the weather that was so, crazy yeah. cool oh i remember hearing about this oh that yeah this they're is... also gonna take in like real news stories and stuff and uh there was gonna be this kind of weather mechanic where you had to um, it was dynamic weather, and you had to keep her temperature up by like finding clothes and and food, and you'd also have the psych profiling going at the same time. Yeah. That whole thing cool. sounds kind of weird, unless you get take battle damage. I was gonna say you'd be pretty screwed if you're playing that game in this country. Like it'd be just game over instantly. Just rain, rain, more rain, <laughs> <laughs> more rain. 
Well, really no, it would it would have been ice. It would have been ice. They would have just oh, even better. It. Yeah, it would have been Blizzard and stuff like that because she's in the cold. Great. So total just fail state. Like, well, what are you gonna do? Oh, and it's <laughs> kind of crazy. Like, move down to like Nevada or something. Go play there. Uh, looking over this wiki, I had actually no idea that there was a plan Silent Hill 5, that there was actually another numbered sequel that they actually had planned to make. Like, that's freaking insane. Yeah, it started off, um, Team Silent was working on it. And then Konami, uh, disappointed with the returns on Silent Hill 4, I guess they lost faith in them, decided to hand it off to Western developers. Yeah, they got them way too early, just because of one game didn't do as high as the um, predator well it wasn't just it wasn't just for um what's kind of funny is the series never actually sold that well and when silent hill 2 came out it's like really revered nowadays but back when it came out it wasn't so much it bombed in japan and when it came out here i remember um one review like in psm they gave it a seven and they were saying it was like badly written fiction like it didn't make sense People thought it was too different from the first game, so people were disappointed in it. And that's why they went back to the cult stuff in 3. Um, yeah, so... Now that I think about it, that actually makes sense, considering how uh, 1 and 3 are like, you know, 3 is the direct yeah, right. sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, like, five, originally, there was, and, and, or these are early interviews, they were saying that they wanted to try to do, like, um, kind of like a fear and daylight thing, and, you know, it, it sounds like it, w- it would have been pretty cool, but it just didn't happen. There's... You know what this actually, uh, real quick, Andre, uh, you know what this reminds me of, like, slightly mm-hmm. off topic, though, but this reminds me of what happened to God Hand when IGN gave it that low score and it killed the um, game, Fantasy Souls. So like it sounds like that with Silent Hill 2 where you know while seven is still a good score compared to what Guy Hand got though, it killed the potential of it being you no know, you know, a much bigger hit there um at the time compared to now, of course. Yeah, Konami is just they they seem to like are quick to jump the gun. Like they won't give things a chance. If it's not a hit like right off the bat, they're just gonna kill it. Like mm-hmm. there was actually cut footage for Silent Hill 5, it was like, um, it was, I think it was back then before it like became downpour, cause, um, no, not that um, because they did, it, from what I've seen of it, it was more, I want to say, like, a, I want to say somewhat daytime, bad, more like gray, in the, as opposed to, you know, nighttime in the Silent Hill game, so, yeah, that was a little, um, they pretty much decided, now we'll scrap it and just make it home, so, yeah. Mm, so disappointing when I hear about that. It's like we could have got a real number sequel and they just completely fucked us. Yeah. No man, it's. Hey, maybe maybe it'll get rebooted. Like that's the rumors that yeah. Silent Hill is gonna come very back. Possible. Very uh, possible. PS5 so. exclusive. I, I keep hearing that rumor so many times. It's like. <laughs> no CD. Yeah, I'm not not holding my breath. Skeptically optimistic, if if, if anything. Same here. <laughs> but I'll believe it when I see it. Same. I'm sort of in that same bandwagon. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. But uh, we're gonna move on to a more lighter question, uh, and this is the final one to cap off this podcast. How did you feel about Akira Yamanoka's music throughout the franchise? Love awesome. it. Awesome. 
It's one of the best parts. I I once they didn't they replace him in downpour. It just it, it so isn't the same without him. What happened him. was he I guess gotten uh, him and Konami uh, I guess gotten like a a little tiff and they couldn't bring him back. They did sneak him in onto the Book of Memory soundtrack. He has a little uh, guitar solo in the love song on the soundtrack. You can hear him in there. But yeah. Konami seem to have a habit of like having tiffs with their employees. Just from now. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> not people in general. So I, I, I really admired his work. It's amazing that he doesn't even know how to read music and he was able to create these, these great pieces of of music and that's not as uncommon i swear like people don't know how to read sheets of music but they can create great stuff uh i have to ask you guys a question but what is your favorite song in the silent hill games like just just any of them uh, mine is probably silent hill 3's intro we're still here i'm it's it's a really nice song i really i love the vocals to it because um and you know it kind of like highlights just how the game begins you know it's it's really it's just a great track in general i honestly not a big fan of that particular track really Be now i'm yeah because it feels a little it felt like a product of his time type song and it doesn't click with me now now it is i think um my one of my favorites is still theme of laura yes and i was pretty impressed he only he wrote it in like three days but i also really really love one more soul to the call <laughs> Yeah, well, my favorite. Like, oh, sorry. Good. All, all I was gonna say was, uh, obviously, my favorites are the intros of um, Silent Hill One and Two, uh, Theme of Lore, and the one they did in Silent Hill One. I thought those were really well done, as well as the. Uh, I forget which ending it is. I think it's the. No, it's not the leave ending. No, it is. It is the leave ending final theme. It's called something. I, I forget what it's called, but that theme is so good. Promise. Uh, I think so. Hold on, I'm gonna. I, I I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm gonna see well, if I can I find it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. But uh, real quick though, my personal favorite track of like all of them really is probably "Room of Angel" from Four. That that yeah, is nice. a good one too. That's a really good song. I think the game had the best trailer. Like that sold me on the game. Just the, watching the, that game trailer, it makes the game look so creepy. And with the "Room of Angel" track, it's it's great oh okay uh, so i don't know which ending it was and i'm sorry for cutting you off daybreaker but uh, no you're fine the, the song is called uh overdose delusion oh yeah yes. yeah that's okay. one of the credit songs yeah i like that one a lot too it's so good man i, I just love that song so damn much yeah um silent hill 2 soundtrack to me is probably my favorite out of the series there's just so many good songs on that the heaven's night track is really good um the uh the track that plays when you fight the two pyramid heads betrayal that's really good too um actually my favorite track from that though is actually it, it's so weird when i when i tell people this but it's the result screen track the uh i i might pronounce this wrong it's a pianismo epilogue i probably pronounced that wrong but like i really like that track it 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 makes so much sense especially like for someone who goes through like a first playthrough because this is how i felt it's like that track is like the calm after the storm sort of because it's a very it's a very calming track like it's not the, these really 
strange tones and stuff like throughout the the game so you experience all this stuff and then it plays that at the very end when you get to see the results of your playthrough and everything so i i think it fits really well but silent hill 3 soundtrack is phenomenal as well uh mary elizabeth mcgillen is a great vocalist so i i absolutely love the uh, the opening and uh you know i i actually really like the uh the beginning to the opening the lost carol portion of it is really good too um the the probably my favorite track from that though is uh sickness unto foolish death that track's really good i like that a lot um but yeah it's just it's really good stuff across the board and that's um for those interested uh, who listen to this podcast uh akira also did the soundtrack for shadows of the damned so oh yeah witchcraft yeah he did that was so funny that's pretty awesome man yeah, he's he's incredible his music is just phenomenal honorable mention tender sugar from silent hill 4 mint oh that's a good one too yeah so good oh nice i just if, if they did reboot the series i just can't imagine him not doing the music because i mean i'm sure uh daniel lich he did as most as he could with that silent hill downpour uh ost and book of memories yeah and book of memories but it it just didn't feel the same to me it felt like something was missing it felt more like a um a cinema uh score yeah which is which makes sense given that his body of work was like doing you know stuff for like dexter and movies and stuff um i'd hope they bring akira back if if, if the series is getting rebooted <laughs> definitely i'd like to see him come back to do the score he did say that he has really fond memories of working on the series and they'd love to come back same with um masiri ito if you know something up to konami mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention that his soundtracks were used for the movies really yeah, oh yeah were. yeah um also yeah, Jeff Dana also helped, uh, I guess, make them more like movie scores too. But yeah, I thought that was a really good, good thing in the movies that they reused the Akira's tracks. It made it feel more like Silent Hill, definitely. All right, uh, any more on this? I I'm forgetting something. I was gonna mention something, but I okay. I, I remember now. So Perfect. if you want to hear more of Akira's works, you can actually hear his music in the medium. That's a new survival horror game coming out, and Ooh. I can tell that that's definitely his music after watching the first trailer. And I think if you pre-order uh, the medium, you will get the soundtrack if you do that. So I would recommend people hopping on it, checking it out, and seeing how it is. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lily, um, you there? Uh, Well, she's back now. She was AFK before. Can she hear us? Yeah. I think she's muted. Yeah, I had to run away for a sec toward the end, so sorry about that. It's fine, actually. You want to answer number 15 real quick? It is, um, what's your, how do you feel about, um, Akira's music throughout the series? Oh, yeah, totally added, like, you know, that extra feel to the atmosphere. What about, uh, favorite tracks? Hmm, I know... (sighs) That's a tough one. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure at all. 
Because it's, to me personally, he's done a lot of great music, so it's like hard to pinpoint. I would say most of the OSTs with him were superb, in my opinion. I know, something from Silent Hill 2 or 3, but it'd be so hard to pick. It'd be like, just pick all of them. There you go. Yeah, I know. Easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> Easy answer. Uh, but I, I think we, we got to close out soon because it's almost like... I think we're three hours in this podcast. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. That's the longest yeah. one since MGS. Yep. Yep. So. All right. Well, let's do outros. Let's like, do those outros. Let's start from the top. Um, Andre, outro now. Oh, all right. Uh, you um, you can find me at Twitter, Andre B. Venom. Um, it was, uh, we had such a fun time on this podcast. And yeah. Can't wait for more. Black Shadow. Outro yourself, yeah. sir. Yeah, um, can be found on Twitter, Blackshow993, as I mentioned, a long feels like a long time ago now. Uh, I'm also available yeah, on Twitch, uh, black underscore shadow underscore 993, where I will, again, cheap plug, I'm streaming uh, Silent Hill 4 Blind at the end of the month. Um, so that should be a really good series. I'm looking forward to that. All right, all right. Mr. Daybreaker. Outro, you get- sir. You guys can find me at Daybreaker Rain on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. I have a big charity stream planned here uh, on November 7th for Extra Life. So I hope to be doing that. So if you guys come by that, I'd really appreciate it. Um, I might actually, because of this, I might actually play a Silent Hill game during that. Um, but I might I might try to pl- even play one of them uh, for something for the channel just over the month of October. Uh, but yeah, uh, so... This was a lot of fun, and I, I, I hope to be on another one of these and uh, brush up on uh, some uh, horror game and survival horror game stuff. All right. Um, King of Hearts, outro yourself. Uh, so you can find me as a gummy shirt guy, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, all that good shit. I'm, doing, I'm in the middle of an event. Uh, I do it every year on October called Gummy Shirt Ghoul. Uh, horror gameplay videos every day of the month. Right now, I'm going through the original Resident Evil and I'm uh, doing uh, horror game streams along with that. Oh, okay. Um, who's next? Lily. Outro yourself. You can find me at Lily Greywolf, Lily underscore Greywolf for YouTube and Twitch mostly. Um, I think my claim to fame was probably uh, going through Pathologic twice, once as the original, once for the HD version, so that's uh, pretty much uh, my biggest sector. Um, Other than that, I just, you know, jump into survival horror here and there. Mostly I've been working on an RPG Maker game. All right, all right. Renegade. I'll show you something, sir. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RenOperative underscore. You can find me on YouTube at RenegadeOperative. Uh, I am currently in the middle of playing Resident Evil 7, and I know people want to see me play that again. I'm trying to get my sleeping schedule back on track, so it's normal when I go through that. I'm thinking maybe I'll go through the Silent Hill games, uh, the classic ones, because I've been playing the first one and seeing if i can stream those so all horror games is october that's all i'm going to be doing as well as getting this podcast up and working with the guys on horror movies so check it out at the infinite ammo syndicate and that's all i'll be doing check me out on youtube as well we're gonna get operative hey 
All right, Miss Whitney, answer yourself. Whitney, uh, you can find me online on Twitter. My handle is Kemi underscore Row. I also stream uh, survival horror games, trying to raise money for Extra Life all year round. Right now, I'm just kind of playing Dead by Daylight, but I plan on playing Fatal Frame for the first time. I've never played those games, so that should be a lot of fun. And uh, if you like Silent Hill or Deadly Premonition, you probably already know my sites. So. <laughs> hey, all right, and last but not least, me. You can find me on Twitter at um, ImmortalBrando, Twitch at SarahBrando, and I'm actually going to be streaming Democrat 1 and or Resident Evil 2 Remake, uh, maybe tomorrow or later in the week. Um, I'm probably going to use no microphone, so most likely we're doing Discord if you guys here want to listen, listen to me um, play the game or rent a little. But yeah, um, that's it. Thank you for watching or listening, uh, if that's your thing. And I uh, hope you have a good day, night, afternoon, whatever time of day it is. And yeah, stay, stay safe. safe. Mm-hmm. Stay Do safe. not go to Silent Hill, Later, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> stay away yeah. from cities that name after a raccoon. Damn. You all be <laughs> Don't go to either. Save yourself. <laughs>